Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, part two of the two part space hosted by the coach, Mr. Bruce Wrangler, the Merge Club. Let's take a listen. So, what is this test about? No, don't, a, don't overthink it, just take it. it also, if you we'll don't talk know, about it afterwards, yeah. You're allowed to use the dictionary if you don't know a word. So, um, Kareem, uh, you came on a long time ago. Did you have some comment? Um, stoicism, given the topic, um, does that repel women? I don't know. I don't know what stoicism is, but I, I think it's a system of thought. I think any man who has to learn a system of thought in order to think for himself and has to learn what he has to say from a script and isn't just naturally attractive and naturally strong. Uh, he is a beta male no matter what he does. So, so reading meditations would make me a beta? Uh, yes, Marcus Aurelius was a known, a known beta male, um, and you shouldn't really pay attention to anything he wrote. It's not really about, I mean, like the fact is, Marcus Aurelius, he might have had some good ideas, but if you have to read his book in order to learn those ideas and they don't innately come from within you, you need, you need to just do more introspection, not, not learning and memorizing what to say and what to do. You just need oh, to look like inside yourself like to, to become, find the true man. It's like learning how to become a business uh, person or business owner by going to business school. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's our stance on philosophy? Like the panel, what's the panel's stance on general philosophical thought or schools of thought? Uh, it's fine. What's the, like, what kind of philosophy would you like to discuss? No, I guess I'm just curious if, if uh, to, to, to Ears' point, like, if you're saying if you have to read other works of other men, then you're a beta but like isn't that just what philosophy is so then does that repel i don't know like i think generally speaking like from all the arguments i've seen in philosophy i think uh i don't know most of the philosophical arguments that could be had have been had largely um if you're big into like reading for example sci-fi like almost every like major technological future you can expect for human beings has been described in one shape, shape or fashion or the other. And like people have considered most of the permutations of like the outcomes of uh, like, I don't know, ideas as far as we know, um, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like to me, there's not, I don't know if you've been around philosophy sufficiently long enough or intuitive sufficiently enough, I don't know how much it helps to really talk about it in all seriousness. Like it's one of those things that if you're intrinsic, your nature is to understand it. 
it's almost like you don't need to read about it really. And if you have to read about it, your nature will never be to understand it at some core level. It's an interesting problem. Like mm-hmm. you, so I think it's just, it's what Ears was saying about stoicism and whatnot. It's like I don't know. Like I've most books yeah. that are philosophical, like I'll read the whole fucking thing and realize, wait a minute, like okay, I've sort of heard this before. So um, like a, a lot of it has been expressed in different storytelling already in many ways. So it's like if you tend to like many fictional works have incorporated different philosophies into them already. So it's like you understand the argument because you've heard it before to some extent. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's more important. Like if you, if you do have to learn something, it's probably just to learn how to reason and about logic. Like if you can understand logic, um, that's pretty important. And I think that's going to help you navigate life pretty well. That's one thing I would say is pretty useful to learn. But then to sort of memorize like so, like certain things you should do in certain situations. It's kind of yeah, Sefi was kind of like on on point there with like to me. It's like you go on YouTube and you Google like how to uh, how to wrestle, and you watch him wrestling, and you like okay, I'm going to memorize these moves. Right? Okay, that's how you do it. Got it. And then you go into the real world and you can't remember a damn thing because you haven't had that experience and you have to go through life and you have to experience things, apply logic. And that's, that's why the words, that's the one thing uh, it's important to, uh, uh, to, to learn and to memorize if you're going to do anything is, is probably like how to think and fallacies. Um, that's important. But other than that, um, philosophy is a waste of time. Yeah, some of the different uh, constructs have, evolved around sort of like major scientific theory that's emerged so for example in the philosophy world there was the world before equals mc squared and then there's the world after equals mc squared and they're very different and um there are certain things that philosophy could not sort out that einstein was able to sort out mathematically and then all of the prior philosophy before it was like just bullshit after that like you know like it, like if you didn't include time the speed of light mass energy like it, it, um, like, you know, nothing else made full sense in, in that context to me. So some of philosophy, be- some of it becomes obsolete as a result of sort of like more knowledge about the nature of reality, uh, is what I kind of see. And then like the other thing that changed was, um, like the way we think about the future and its po- probabilistic nature, its quantum nature. All of these things um, also, again, sort of upended philosophy at one level or the other. Um, And then, like, uh, another thing that kind of, I think, deeply affected, like, how people think about their lives and the universe and everything is once um, DNA was discovered and when people started to understand, like, what it does, you know, how much ridiculous computational power is within, you know, coded DNA, and like how we emerge from that, that has some impact on like how we think, believe and how the world works. Um, so I think like it's very difficult to have a really strong philosophical understanding of how the like the universe sort of works without a fairly deep science understanding. And I think the problem is like most people don't have a deep science understanding. Um, I would say most. So therefore, it's like if you have conversations in public about these things, it's like talking to a bunch of people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about most times. Like, I don't know, like if I, you know, like going to your hairdresser or something and talking about relativity or something, like it doesn't make any sense. Like you, there's no amount of like teaching that would solve for that. You know what I mean? Like this is the problem with, 
philosophy discussion in, in my mind. It's like, it's very difficult to bring people to the same level that you're at. And you wind up just talking in circles about stuff that nobody understands well enough to sort of understand the meaning that you're trying to describe. But yeah. Does that make sense? And there's, I'm sure there's plenty of all sorts of, you know, plenty of like um, data that I don't understand about the universe. And so therefore like my philosophical construct in my head is incomplete. Right. And you know, for someone vastly smarter than myself, it's going to be almost impossible for them to, you know, fully have me grasp like the, you know, what they're trying to say to me without knowing that science, knowing that math first. And there's like an IQ barrier as well. Like there's certain maths and certain sciences that like without a certain level of intelligence, you're just not going to fucking understand them, period, end of story. Like, and that's true, especially in math, like the, you reach a threshold after which it's really tough. Hey. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the threshold? Hey. What's the threshold? I don't know. Like, what's it's? We're, we're below it. I can tell you that now. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, sure. Screw you. Speak for yourself, man. Everybody has a model of the world, of their world in their heads. Some are more detailed than others. Some have considered things that others haven't. Uh, some can understand maths. Maths can be useful. It can be like a shortcut to very quickly understand things without having to like memorize, oh yeah, mechanical things. But I think some people just aren't set out for maths. That's me. I'm not a maths person. And I say that with a mechanical engineering degree in my back pocket, but I'm shit at maths. I'm really not very good at it. Um, and I hate it. So I, I kind of just have a, a brain where I have shapes and I just bounce them around. And that's how I remember how things work. And I don't really remember maths. I remember a few formulas. I'm not, I'm not that shit at maths, but I am shit at maths, if you know what I mean. When it's not numbers anymore, when it's just yeah. fucking letters everywhere. And I'm like, Christ, what is all this then? Um, and <laughs> that's basically, that's basically uh, my summation of, of everything. Mm -hmm. I, was, um, I was really, really good at maths as a kid like um, high school and stuff and won competitions and all kinds of stuff. But I started to get really bored when the the number of things you had to memorize really stacked up, like the number of, of formulas and and, yeah. and fitting mean, formulas same, together. Same boat. And like just you, yeah. Like I like the, the more kind of raw or lateral thinking things or you were given a problem and you could pretty much solve it by your own like innate logic that kind of thing really appeals I, I also have really a sense much. bruce like listening to you that like when you so you have a fairly wide uh depth of knowledge and you have a fairly wide amount of things that you have like m can bring up from rote memory right so you have a pretty good like base of memory but i get the sense that like if you had to go through a long list of shit and memorize it you'd have maybe you'd get bored or like have a harder time doing it but if you were to learn those things spontaneously because you cared about them for some reason your ability to memorize those things is dramatically better is my suspicion like i think all uh, pretty much forever in my life Sophie, i've never been able to force myself to do anything and i think there are many reasons for that part of it is just because i have never needed to like it, it, maybe it's a little bit arrogant to say it but i've always like got away with doing no homework or whatever um, I've always got away with daydreaming in, in school. I always did whatever I liked. And I just kind of, um, I, I guess whatever I do ends up being quite intense. So it ends up working in some capacity, usually, whatever that is, whether it's being a monk or 
business or something. Um, so I've just lived that way, like without any kind of, um, I, I don't know. I never, I guess from a very young age, I never was a person who ever bought into the idea that anything was obligatory, right? Like to do my homework or something like that. Um, at the same time, I was like not doing any homework, but I was reading whatever I wanted to read. I was following my own curiosity. So I kind of, I guess you'd say I educated myself in some ways. Like I ignored school in many ways and daydreamed in it and didn't attend uh, lessons at times and things like that. But at the same time, I was doing like my own reading and investigations and things. I think similar to you in some ways, Seppi, you described like having your own little um, scientific lab and stuff and just following your own curiosities. Same with me. Yeah, and sometimes when you learn in that way, you're not necessarily as good at the computational stuff. For example, like, I don't know, like, take, for example, electrical engineering. I think Iris said he was mechanical. But electrical engineering, like, you know, understanding, like, parallel and serial circuits and resistors, transistors, and, you know, uh, diodes and whatever, like, that go into a circuit board, like, you might understand what each of those things it, do at some level but at another level the details of that might escape you unless you learn those very very formally um at the same time like some people just understand the very nature of how those things work but are not able to necessarily like turn that into a practical reality like okay build me a uh, computer with that knowledge um so very few people have the ability to actually like um you know, create something with the practical knowledge. Uh, some people I at think least that's have like, like you though, again, like, I feel like it's, coped to categ- I feel like it's coped to categorize things. Sorry. There's like someone like vacuuming outside my house, but I feel like it's coped to ca- characterize things as like, Oh, you know, being able to apply something you've learned versus memorize versus whatever. Like it's all just fluid intelligence. Like it all goes up together, you know, not if you do enough electrical engineering for a while, I'll tell you, that's not true. Like there's people that are clearly just vastly more capable than others. Of course there's a bit of divergence, but like your ability, it's really just your ability to synthesize, right? And the, 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 like the level of meta at which you do that, right? Most naturally. And different people are going to sit naturally at a higher or lower level, depending on your IQ. In some cases, having a higher IQ can actually be disadvantage, like a disadvantage because um, it, it makes it harder to focus on micro things, you know? It could be, yeah, like you're talking about very specific tasks and all that. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have a specific intelligence level that you'll be ex- like you'll you'll be able to execute really well. What I'm saying is, is that like if you take, for example, I don't know, chip design for a computer, and you have someone with like an IQ 150 plus that's uh, has most of the other domains pretty good, and then you have someone else with an IQ of 80, you could spend that person's entire waking moment of every day of their whole fucking life, and they're never going to figure this out. Right. Like there's truly domains that it's a completely impossible to get someone there without like it'd be like if I grab a, like an armadillo off of the concrete and try to teach it electrical engineering. Like there's a limit beyond below which like it's impossible. Hey, man. I'm not hey, saying like you, I'm not saying it's like it's a, a cope versus hope thing. I'm just saying like there are objective realities. Oh, if I had an IQ below 130, I mean, I would I would reduct myself like and i'd get born again but it's it's not like it just depends on the person like you can still enjoy your life like you know what i mean with the low IQ. yeah like, everyone, everyone's here for yeah. different reasons you know like 
But the, the original discussion that uh, Kareem was asking is like, why don't I bother discussing philosophy online? It's because there are certain sort of like domains of science that if you don't know them, you're just not going to keep up with the philosophy I'm talking about. And like I could spend days and days and days and like teaching all of that. But like you like catching you up will just simply not be like an effective use of time. Unless everyone has a 160 IQ, but unfortunately I'm your only listener with that. So no, but like, it for example, work. if you, if you haven't um, sort of like, I don't know, dealt with, say, for example, like you haven't dealt with, I don't know, the anatomy of a body sufficiently enough to understand how like, you know, proteins and DNA and things like that work. Some sort of like philosophical arguments about how life works becomes a waste of time with you. I could spend forever on it and like, I would have to teach you the entire basics from start to finish to even make a point. I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree because, like, sometimes if you do something, like, it really depends, but you can really feel it in, like, the background. (laughs) No, I don't think it's cope at all. It's cope, I promise you. Okay, well, try me. I teach this stuff for a living, right? So, like, I teach this stuff for a living. Well, you can't just talk shit, right? Like, you can't just come online and be like, no one would get me, but then refuse to elaborate. Like, that's pathetic. So, I teach people at very, very No, 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 no. Let me say one more thing. Let me say one more thing, right? And that is that usually people assume that just because someone can't speak about something well, they can't understand it, not realizing that for someone to understand what you're saying, the threshold is like, like much, much, much lower for them than for them to be able to like speak about it effectively. Like I literally teach 10 year olds and some of them are kind of dumb. You can tell them a lot of stuff. Like if you, if you communicate it effectively, they can really learn a lot just because they can't communicate it back to you. Like you can see in their eyes, they get what you're saying, right? So I don't think you should just write everyone off, especially when talking about freaking like adults who are interested in this stuff. So, for example, if I were to try to sort of like build a philosophical construct about life regarding like something complex like proteonomics, right? Like the the construction of proteins. Um, if you don't really understand anything about like uh, ionic, non-ionic bonding, if you don't understand like the energy structure of how carbon compounds like sort of combine together like you don't have basic organic chemistry knowledge, it'd be like literally talking to a small monkey about trying to get into the details of it without any kind of like, like, yeah, you could teach people, but A, there'll be a group of people that will never get it. And B, like in a public context, like how do you have a conversation without knowing for sure that like the people involved actually understand even the very, very basics of what you're talking but I think I think it's your responsibility, like like to just communicate things well. Like I have specialized knowledge on things as well, but I'm never gonna just write people off in a conversation. No, like, I'll just fill them do, in. Like watch even if it's ten years, yeah. even if it's ten years of shit, watch, right? You just have to find a way to simplify. Sure, it. watch yeah, simplification is is fine, but like watch um say for example, I don't know, Lex Friedman brings on a lot of people that he speaks to that have extreme like uh genius level, you know, Nobel Prize winning levels of knowledge, right? But what you'll notice is every time there's a conversation, uh, almost always it has to be simplified to a level where the average audience can sort of keep up. But like, you're not going to ever know this subject at the level that those people do just because they you hear it on a just a routine conversation. Unfortunately, like that's what I'm trying to say. It's like it's really hard to get in depth with but it. The greatest geniuses ever, mm-hmm. like if you look at the history of the world, weren't always specialized in every single thing that was a constituent part of what they came up with right they just under like you just have to understand like the constituent parts it's sort of a top in a top level way yeah to to come up with an overall thesis like you don't have to have like every single nuanced detail of course it will help but you don't need them right 
Yeah, maybe. At which point, as long as you're dealing with a smart person, I think you can argue about just about anything. Kareem's question was, why don't I like to discuss, like, philosophy too much? Or why don't we like to discuss it? And I think that's the reason why I don't like it. Because I don't really want to do a a lesson from beginning to end and get people to where my level is at. I think the takeaway I'm getting is philosophy was used in the absence of, like, scientific knowledge or discovery. So... I feel like something like stoicism, right? It's like, how do you control how you feel about certain situations? Like, Sefi, would it be fair to say, like, basically, well, now we know that's just like chemical compounds in your brain making you feel a certain way. And so, um, you know, if you somehow, I don't know, do cold exposure or take some sort of herb or something, you'll kind of like lower the chemical reaction in your brain. Like, is that is that a fair no a fair assessment is like no compound that you're going to take just arbitrarily is going to turn you into sir Isaac newton next week so no, like, I get none, it. I none get of it. those like and I, I i think the interest yeah the people that kind of get into like the altered states and drugs and stuff like that that none of that stuff helps anything that i need to deal with on any regular basis like you know what i mean like it's like it's not like if i take some mushrooms next thing you know i'm going to be like better at what i do like there's no chance of that Right. In fact, it could make it worse in theory. Like it's not guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, I 100% make disagree. I disagree big time, Steffi, on that one. Disagree with what? Taking psychedelics and it, 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 it I mean, it could possibly have negative effects. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think it could definitely like enhance your creativity and and strive for life to do more. Um, so I definitely disagree on that, man. Honestly, it, I mean, it, and also it's proven that it turns on a lot a lot of your brain that's not usually used all the time or most of the time and so you're connecting new neural patterns ways creating new perspective of thought so you're completely wrong on that man i promise you i know exa- I, stu- I know what I these things do man like but that's not the point <laughs> like that has like but you're making lots of presupposition about what that can actually do for you like there, there's no there's no guarantee well, it, it just depends on the person like like i took psychedelics but i had really bad like treatment resistant depression and then i took them and like yeah it was fuck me in the head but it did actually work quite a bit like it can actually like reset you pretty well i don't know the mechanisms remotely um but it can work for stuff like that i still wouldn't do it though like as a general advice like you just shouldn't do it because it's so it's such an intense experience especially if you take a high dose you know yeah, I don't. I don't know that it necessarily automatically makes you some sort of better philosopher either. You like you're making the presumption. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'd that, say like, it doesn't. I'd say it doesn't because you get stuck in like thought loops. You think you're so wise. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of anti psychedelics, even though they work for me. It always depends on the person for psychedelics. It, I mean, you know, I have a big ass fucking head. So when I take a psychedelic, my whole fucking big ass head's turned on. It's interesting. Um, I've learned like, a lot. For I've example, lot you may, you could take all the mushrooms on the planet. You might not even come I've, close to how much stuff I know as far as like knowledge base or the cap- just pure aptitude. Like, so like yeah, it's, the problem it's is, a, is like, let's say I did in, these it's, things. It's, it's more so what? A, uh, internal. Bro, Sefi, you don't have to prove you have a huge cock. Like, it's all right. It's all right. No, no, you no might be small. Small. Like, MP3 could be clever too. Again, one more reason why it doesn't make sense to discuss philosophy in a public space, because then it sounds like you're bragging or some bullshit. This is the other reason why I don't talk about it. Like, it just gets silly because, like, the little people Dude, try never want to. Nine listen. out of ten chick and yeah. having a fucking 180 yeah. IQ. Like, people, like, just like, you want to kill yourself every day of your life. But, like, Not I do. 
Just because yeah. you want to kill Some yourself every good. day, don't project on Some me. Now. I, love you about. <laughs> I love what the fuck are you talking about? Ah, let's have let's have ten seconds of silence. Here we go. Everyone, close your eyes. <sighs> nice, quiet silence. Everyone, slow down. It's like you're wearing it. 180 hertz. I'd rather go at like 30 hertz or something. You know what I mean? Just, just. Can any of you change a rate? That'd be nice. I, I want to be lulled to sleep by delicious words and cozy language rather than, than bombarded by some kind of penis-sized battle. I bet Sevi I started this. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I probably should have just asked ears for an AI-generated image or something. So, uh, Coach, um, I know Sevi doesn't like to talk about philosophy, but do you like to talk about philosophy? I think you do, because... You get very poetic at times. Mm, not really. I mean, there's there's objective philosophy, like talking about it, and then there's things like meditation, which are more oriented towards doing a technique or a practice that changes your moment-to-moment waking experience of the world to something else or reveals something within direct perception that you can then talk about. I'm interested is, more in that kind of thing. What is your experience with psychedelics, if any? Not much. I've taken salvia and a thing called LSA, which is uh, Hawaiian baby woodroad seeds. I've taken various things, some weird psychedelic weeds and things. He's weak. He's so scared. I'm not. I'm not. I've not taken. Um, I've taken. I've taken psilocybin and various different mushrooms. I've never done coke or anything like that. But yeah, like a bunch of different psychedelics. <laughs> I think you'd be coke, interesting on coke. Coke psychedelic now. No, I'm just giving you a drug breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're, they're doing this very interesting study right now where they're injecting people, slow dripping people with DMT, right? And so usually DMT smoked and it lasts like 10, 10 minutes to 15 minutes, something like that. But now they're doing a study to where people are going into DMT trips for an hour. So because they're doing this because they want to not just be submerged into that environment and then sucked out real fast like DMT smoking does to you. They want to actually, you know, blossom into that realm of DMT. And what's interesting is that every single one of their sub, uh, sub, sus, subjects have all had the same experience with a similar creature or a, a being. And, and, and the lessons that they learned were all similar as well. And it's just so it's it's interesting to see what psychedelics in our future will unfold. But I think it's kind of demonic. Like, I do agree. Like, I do agree. You see the same creatures as other people. But like, where does that come from? You know, like, I just think we should be cautious, especially with stuff like uh, like DMT that's designed to give you like as intense of a trip as possible. Kate, if you were really 180 IQ, you wouldn't have to ask that question. What do you mean? I didn't hear what he said, but he's right. 180? You know how many people on this planet have 180 IQ? 
No, my verbal is like genuine. <laughs> not very many. Not my spatial, though, obviously. I have like a huge gap, so I like act retarded. You have 170 IQ, but 30 EQ. I have like 16 EQ. But I had, I was born with zero. Like I had to like try so hard to get it. So you should be grateful for my efforts. Oh yeah, Kit Baroness did that test, uh, Sophie. She did worse than I expected. She got 18 out of 36, which is cool. Mm. I think though... That's what my what? brother's girlfriend got. And she, she was got like, what? is this a good score? My brother's girlfriend did it and she got 18. And she was like, is this good? And I was like, yeah. Hmm... So, but you know, it'd be interesting, Bruce. You know, it'd be interesting, Bruce. Take people that you know, like uh, either personally or on here. Uh, you predict what you think their score might be Definitely and see how close it. that uh, comes to like whatever people actually get. This is what we did. I did this. I did this. This is this was the whole game that I played when I was doing this, the Scorpion Dow stuff. I was like predicting everyone in advance. And I was like generally very close, like one or two points off. Um, I think maybe what threw me off with Kit was I'm not sure about because I don't know what Kit your your like racial ancestry and stuff is. That might be a factor that's quite big um, because like it, it's well known in um, you know different research on like races and emotional perception and stuff like that. Um, ability to discern the other uh, different races' emotions and, and facial expressions, or even distinguish between them in a basic sense is, is a lot more difficult for other races than within the same race. Like I'm gonna be a lot worse at distinguishing between a bunch of different Asian people and Asian people are gonna be a lot worse at distinguishing between like um, a bunch of different Caucasians. It's just a, a weird fact. So I wonder if that's a part of it. If you saw this test within your own um, racial background or whatever, if it'd be much better. That's one of the things at the very top of that particular study that they comment on, right? This is more like the eyes of UK residents or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just, yeah, Caucasians more widely, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's like, um, so we'll give, we'll give Kit maybe a 21 or something. I wonder though, Bruce, remember you, you told me earlier. Remember, Bruce, you said earlier, like maybe um, since I, I do see lots and lots of people, then I probably have seen enough people of either Northern European or whatever that I should be able to understand their emotion. I wonder what happens though, if you see truly just about everybody, like if you have your normal world experience is seeing every single type of like nationality you can imagine, then it's like, well, does that confuse you on a test like this? Because, or, or maybe does that make you worse at this sort of thing? Because maybe it's easier if like, you can see this in one group of people, but if you're used to seeing lots of groups of people, maybe that's different. I'm not sure. You see what I'm saying, though? No, it would be early, it would be early childhood or genetic. It wouldn't be like, so if your family's the same race as you, like, you know, you'd have to look at people who are adopted, I guess, to know. Yeah, you, right. You'd have to do twin studies to really, really get a sense of the, what I'm saying is I'm just speculating. I'm like, I wonder if that would be true. But yeah, you're right. You'd have to do twin studies to know for sure. Like the nature versus nurture and all that shit. Yeah. I guess I guess my brothers, like I got my brothers to do it. And the one who's way more sociable got um twenty-six. And then I said to him and I was like, 
don't you think our other brother, our other brother's born, he's younger. We were, we were like, don't you think he would get a really high score? And we got him to do it. He's 16. He got 30. And it was just so weird how, you, how we, like, knew what he would get. It's so weird how you can tell. And it's not even correlated to how sociable that person is. And I, I got 28 or something for reference. So you're saying you're better than Seppi? No. Because Seppi only got No, I've done it twice. I got, I got 27 once and 29. I did like a year apart, I think. Which I was surprised. I expected to get like 14. But I didn't really do it naturally. Like I, I like gamed it a bit in my head, not going to lie. I think the gaming of it's sort of included in the actual thing. But I wonder if you have to do it numerous times, Bruce. Like maybe like you have to do like, like the sample size seems kind of small, relatively speaking. I just wonder how reproducible it is. This is what autistic people tell themselves. Well, it's what scientific people tell themselves, right? Because the scientific test and that's kind of like diagnostics is sort of what like I think of. The lower and, the scores, the more right. I hear things. The lower the scores, the more I hear these things, and like uh, people get kind of angry, and they're like, "Oh, you know that test." Yeah, that, that's it. Is a BS test in many ways, but it's kind of true, you know. Like the the, the words are a little bit like shit. No, Bruce point. is right. Like there is this tendency, like the ego, right? Like if you score really well, you're like, "Oh my god, look, I'm amazing! I figured this shit out." But you could actually wind up getting a score that's, that's high. I'll never say IQ is a bad metric. But if you could get it on chance alone, metric. you could get some of those scores on chance alone too. So you could you could wind up being higher because you just said fuck it and guess and push some buttons, right? It doesn't automatically mean that you um, like you'll see that in regular testing as well, especially on like multiple choice. Mm. There was one of them that confused me a little bit, but um, like the other thirty-five or so was just like pretty much instant. Was it, was it pretty quick? Same I for, want to try it again now. Same for um for Lucas as well. So that like if you have that part of your brain, if it exists, you can just you just know. Mm, I think Kate's onto something. Like trying it again after you know what your score is to see if you can actually get any better the second time around because you don't know which ones you got right and wrong necessarily. I'm uh, doing I it might now. try it again just for fun. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, you try. You might even do worse. I'm going to get thirty six. You might do yeah, worse. watch it be worse. That'd be funny. With the good effect. I don't know if it even tells you which one was right and wrong afterwards. It might be it a break. Does, it does not. It doesn't. No. Okay. Well, I guess you could just, yeah. What if you really didn't know? There's the probabilities you'll do about the same. If it was 50, it, yeah. 50 two things. It's a relatively small number uh, it's kind of, of questions on the test, so it's possible to. It could skew quite a lot because of the relatively small sample size. Yeah, but I can say that anyone who does really well on this. Wait, test, so Bruce, when you did it, was it like? Was it what? Oh, sorry, it's fucking about come back. Yeah, if you've if you've scored perfectly on the thing, that's probably well off the the no, chart of chance, right? You just know, and it was the same with um, with friend Lucas. We just knew, and anyone who. Um, got in that range just also just knew there was no ambiguity like all of these things like oh question so and so was ambiguous that that word didn't mean that that girl looks seductive all of that stuff is just the the sign of autism that's just cope <laughs> yeah as kate calls it there was i thought i might get like 
35 or so because there was one I wasn't sure about, but I just must have guessed it correctly, I guess. Um, but yeah, the everything that is like, oh, I wonder what about the races? I've got to retake it. What if it's British eyes? You know, like uh, surely these words are ambiguous. All of that stuff is is purely a sign of autism and it increases the lower the score gets. I've I've administered about two hundred of these tests before, so it was going to be. The, you know, I remember I think when so, uh, there's there is some merit to the test in the set in from the perspective of like okay, if I had gotten a perfect score on this thing, I think there'd be something wrong with the test, and the reason is because like when I think about my interactions with people at large, right? If I was pretty good at this test, that means on a regular basis I would be reacting to people based on these emotional states more often and i don't find myself necessarily doing that um like with you know routine people that i either walk by on the street or work with or something like that if i'm with a group of people like that's very sad like obviously not you know like maybe someone's dying or uh you know whatever right like they're they're not doing well that's different right like you have a context it's pretty obvious like what everyone's upset about but if you just like have a coworker or something and they have like a funny kind of eye expression or something and they're depressed about something that happened at home, I'm not the type of person that's going to go like, hey, wait, is something going on? Like you, you seem a little bit dismayed today or something like that, right? So I, I, I think just based on my gut reactions to people, this eye test, if it tests anything, I, I think it's probably about right. Like, it, like I was not surprised that I didn't get a high score on this thing necessarily. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's also just data, right? Just because somebody has the capacity to know doesn't mean they have to care or that they um, are going to be stressed by others. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's like true, Lucas because I- he's a C-U-N-T, but he, he scored highly. Or like my, my one of my brothers, um, he doesn't give a fuck. Like what he doesn't care if you're like, he doesn't care about anyone, but he got 30 and he's like really young. So yeah, I, yeah, you, yeah. I guess what you're saying, like, it doesn't automatically mean you're empathic or caring. But as someone that, like, I don't know, just my personal experience, I feel like I don't react to people in this way. Um, and like some of the the states that are described there, like um, some of them were what, like confusion or something like that. Like, I don't think I have necessarily like just walked by someone and looked at their eyes and ever thought to myself, hey, wait, this person's a bit confused, right? It'd be one thing to say, well, this person's unhappy and I'm going to like console them or some shit. But it's another thing to say, like, I could see their eyes and I know for sure on a static image that they're confused. Like, I would not have even imagined that was a thing before this test, right? Like, so it doesn't surprise me I didn't get a high score on this thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's more, I think it's kind of like the angle they're looking at you it's the expression, like you obviously, like if they're wincing, like one one eyelid higher than the other, one eyebrow higher than the other. Just a con- like a, it's just lots and lots of it of data. There's a lot going on in just yeah, the those, eyes. Those things I noticed, and I figured they may have some meaning in this context, but I'm not sure that's all it was getting at. Even the angle of the head, like if they're leaning forward, yeah, the angle, the angle yeah. back, sideways, the, of the tongue, the angle of projection of the tongue, the the strength of which it. It presses into you when it's pressing in the the spikiness of the tongue. Everything matters. Yeah, it's and it's not surprising that these sort of capabilities exist for some people, not others. Like for example, synesthetics, right? Like 
you wouldn't know synesthesia was a thing unless you uh, had met some people that had it. And it's found in like what, one out of like 200 uh, people. There's a pretty good like um, talk about it from a guy from uh, UCSD, University of California, San, San Diego, by the name of Ramachandran. Ramachandran. Anyway, uh, he's got like a pretty good talk about it. But like synesthesia is pretty common, like one out of 200. But had you not met someone objectively known such a thing existed, like, for example, you look at someone looks at a color by numbers, sort of like uh, drawing, you know, how you have like numbers for each color and whatever, if you've seen those things, and they can actually see the colors and they look at that chart as opposed to just the numbers. And it's like all colored in. Like, that's really, really interesting. And I don't think you would have objectively known if you're not a synesthetic that synesthetics actually exist. So yeah, this I think skills because you need them like it's not this, some extra yeah, ability exactly and this I it's think seems like thing. it almost you really must need be fifteen true. out of thirty six to get through life you know yeah yeah you're probably right no but it like uh, but this I think looks objectively likely because like look at how babies recognize their mothers or look like the face the brain has a lot of um, sort of like architecture uh, design from day one to recognize human faces and expressions and everything else. So the fact that there's different levels of that does not surprise me in the slightest biologically, you know, or neurologically, right? So, you know, I, I don't know, like, yeah, where the correlation is with like the, the, the autism component, I guess, to me, it seems like autism would have more than just the eyes involved. But the way the test was designed, it's like the correlation with autism in this is apparently very high. I haven't seen the data on it, though. Like, do you have a but reference? I'm confused because I have autistic friends who can do this well or decently, but like they can't write empathy. Like, for instance, I can like, how do I put it? Like, I can act in an empathetic way. Like, I know how to carry it out. I often don't, but I know how to do it. I do know how to do it. albeit not very well. OK, I admit, Coach Bruce, I'm not the best, maybe 50th percentile and I'm lazy. But there are some people who truly can't even figure out, like, where to start, even though they can tell how people feel. So, like, is that autism? Because I originally thought autism was just, like, you literally can't tell what other people feel. I guess low EQ comes in so many different states, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's a whole spectrum of that, too. Yep. There's also, I, I know a vast amount of people who are objectively very high scoring on autism tests. Like, they would score... Uh, you know, in the autism range on tests like this or even self-diagnoses, but they've made it up by brain power and rote learning and other things. Um, I have a friend who, who's described to me many times, and this is a very smart person. Uh, you're talking like, I don't know, like 130 plus IQ. And he's described to me how even in very early childhood, he was looking at people around him and deciding like that person does something that has an interesting effect on others. I'm going to take that. And he just integrated it into himself. And he just has been like that his whole life, just taking things from people. And like, um, after spending a lot of time with me, he was like, I took a lot from you. And like described the things he took from me, like a big list. <laughs> it's quite funny. And, um, and, but yeah, like there are loads of people like that. And the thing about autism is that, that, is that not um, normal? people no, people, um, do not, it doesn't really matter so long as you can occupy occupationally function right like if you're dysfunctional in terms of life like you're not holding a job or you clearly keep crashing or hitting a wall in different ways and you seek help that that's when you might get diagnosed or if you're really dysfunctional in school or something your parents might take you to get diagnosed but there are a lot of people out there 
who will do really badly on these tests and are objectively autistic, but just fit in because they adapt in various ways or find roles where they can thrive. Like it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's very, very common that people aren't diagnosed at all. And no, the, I don't the, think the, autism's that bad. Like I have friends, like female friends who are really, really smart, but like probably autistic, but they function fine because they're so good at masking it. And as long as you don't like burn out from it or something, it's literally fine. That's what I was saying. Especially now, in 2022, we can do just about everything. Whatever role you can, you can basically autism max and make a lot of money. Yeah, and that's true of other uh, disorders as well. Like, for example, obsessive compulsive disorders. Um, you know, it's really only a disorder if it affects your ability to do your work. But there are some fields where, like, being very, very obsessive about things. It benefits you. Like, for example, like, let's say you're a doctor, you work in a clinic, and you're really, really obsessive about, let's say, you know, following up on all the imaging studies and labs and this and that you order, and you have thousands of patients, and you you have like a notebook, and you write every little thing down, and you're able to sort of like, you really, really worry that you're going to miss one of these things, right? So you're going to check a couple, double check a couple times, not so much like you're double checking 10 times where you have an OCD disorder, but you might double check, you know, once or twice. And therefore, like in that context, it really helps you. So it's not really a disorder. You just have like an obsessive personality trait, essentially, they call it. And in that context, it really can be useful. Yeah, I have. Um, when I was uh, like 16 to 18, there was this girl who whenever we'd arrange a party or something, me and my friends or at somebody's house, she would come to the party and she was like a like a normal girl, like a pretty attractive and stuff. But but whenever she would arrive at the party, if the kitchen was dirty, she'd have to fucking clean it. <laughs> she'd spend like two hours cleaning it. And we'd, we'd be like, come join us. Come like, cause it was in a house or whatever, one of my friend's houses. And she was like, no, 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 I've just got to get it done. I've got to get it done. And every fucking time she would come over for a party, it was always the same. Like she would spend two hours doing the, the thing. Then she would come out and like, and if there was any mess made, she would have to fix that as well. And it was like, it was like brilliant because um, I thought like, what a perfect thing where somebody doesn't need to, doesn't have to be like mm, pushed into doing it or there doesn't have to be some sharing of responsibilities or something. They are just autistically wired to clean up. And like from that point forward, I've been trying to make her my wife. Yeah, yeah that you know that, <laughs> exactly. that uh, you, you know that personality test you made me take, the other one, um, I forget what it's called, the one that has all the letters. Um, it said I was like, uh, what did it say I was commander something or another? I'm not even sure what it means. Uh, EF something what, like, oh, remember, do you remember what letters yeah, I told you? E ENTJ and the, one of the descriptors is like the commander. What it means is like the yeah. person who likes to organize others, that kind of role. Yeah. So like, if you look at the questions in that personality test, um, you know, they make a lot of sense. Say, for example, to, to like, um, let me think here. The personality it takes to, say, be an accountant and the personality it takes to be the CEO of a company are very, very different. Like, if you are the CEO and you get, you know, bogged down in the day-to-day -day things like, well, how much are we paying for drinking straws at this restaurant? Or... Like, you know, oh, we're paying too much for the styrofoam cups or something like that. Your time is going to be occupied obsessing about those nuances and you can't move on to do the big picture things. Like, say, for example, expanding the business or 
buying new properties or, you know, whatever the hell it is that, you know, like your level should be doing. Um, and I think that that test covers a lot of these things. Like it asks questions like, okay, are you the person that is likely to, you know, uh, like procrastinate some of the time, you know, a medium amount of time, or do you procrastinate to the last minute on something? Right. Or do you like, how much time do you take to make a decision? Do you take it, you know, make a decision you know, very, very quickly about something Do you dwell upon it, these kinds of things. I think there, um, people have talked about these kinds of things, um, in reference to like, what is optimal. And I, I've seen people talk about these things from the angle of like, Hey, wait, if you read a book, and the book suggests to you that you can become a better person if you procrastinate a little bit more or less, that these are modifiable things, right? And I don't know that they are. Like, what's your sense, Bruce, about the trainability of these features? Like, you know, at some core level, like, I think if you don't have them, you're not that type of person. Maybe it's not that easy to train for most people to change who they are. Like, there's a reason why personalities are personalities, because if they're that easy to switch them, like, if I couldn't, you know, like, if I walk in here a week from now, and Kate is a very, very different person than when she was last week, and I'd be like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, most of us can recognize each other by personality, uh, like, pretty readily, I think, and eventually get a sense of, like, what they're going to say next, not say next, but, you know, like, what kind of responses they may have to certain types of things, what kind of emotional responses they might have. And I think people's personalities are to some extent, like in the short term, at least somewhat immutable, I would think. Um, but what do you think, Bruce, about like how much That's of these can pretty be trained? The fix It's just like health or ill health, I think. Yeah, I think the, the introversion, extroversion component is the most trainable of all. It really? seems that people really do adapt to the amount of people around them or the the demands of, of work or something. Um, I, I've even noticed this in my life. Like I've really oscillated between, um, or maybe I'm just like more fluid if you like, but uh, you know, I've been in situations where I've been going out, um, partying and stuff like three, four times a week for extended periods. And then other times where I didn't talk to anyone being a monk for like a long time, months didn't talk to a single person except like maybe occasional conversations with a, a Buddhist teacher or whatever. Um, and, and I saw the way my brain kind of adapted to each one, like in, in being in that Buddhist environment for a long time, I really didn't need to talk to anyone at all. And when I was in the, the party environment, I craved to go out and socialize like almost every night. It was like, you have a momentum or it's like your, it's like your brain kind of rewires neuroplastically or whatever. I noticed that in a lot of people, it's like they're. That was that was one of the questions, by the way. On I that agree. Personality yeah. test. One of the questions on the test was, um, like, uh, are you sort of momentum driven? <clears throat> do you do you get into something and then like you continue to do it extensively for a period of time or something like that? It was one of the questions, right? So like, there, I think there are people that are more comfortable doing that for extended periods of time and then can switch gears. And other people that are just way more immutable in that respect, like it's harder to have them switch gears and change their, mm. um, like, yeah. yeah. There's, there's the, I think there's not only the, the personality, um, categorization, but there's also the fluidity between both. And there's also like, a an effect where your context can highly determine it. And I think that the most susceptible to the, the context effect is definitely the, the extroversion introversion component. For sure. But yeah, like overall. I generally agree that I like I think most of them are fake except for the second one. Like the um 
like the what is it the intuitive sensing bit that's very clear which people are which but all the other traits like you can especially um the perceiving versus judging i think it's kind of bullshit like i always either get intj or entp but like you know those are supposedly so different but the middle components never change but i agree with the introversion extroversion like the same thing happens to me like the last few months i've literally not seen anyone and i'm completely fine and sometimes i go out like what you were saying like four nights per week and it's to- also totally fine like as an adult you shouldn't really need to be like in a certain social environment to be fine like that seems like a problem to me but yeah um yeah for a long time Sophie, i've noticed that people are born um huge populations of people there's there's like there's a kind of a natural um smorgasbord of people right and and it's like each kind of person has a thing they prefer to do and by preference i mean it's like their natural state of preference the thing they would be doing anyway um if nobody was paying them they kind of fall into these these certain interest patterns and, and a lot of the time you can only see this through somebody's like hobbies and things like that um but also people have a vastly different sense of meaning um for instance like uh, a person who has a meaning which is like taking care of others or a person who has a meaning which is like maintaining order of the system or maintaining control or something like that or another person might have a sense of meaning which is like the beauty of ideas and novelty and another person has you know see what i mean it's like there's this breakdown of meaning within people um and and you can see it all the time you can see it everywhere in fact like a certain kind of person becomes a, a moderator of a discord right <laughs> like, like in this environment and it's always the same kind of person and they actually derive a hell of a lot of meaning out of it um and it's like yeah I, i've always seen this like fascinating thing i think when i was younger i had a sense that for instance more people could be entrepreneurial more people could start their own businesses and you know it was something that more people needed to do and they could do it successfully and you know be free of the work life and whatever but over time i've realized that like it's just not the case it's actually quite a rare kind of person who can do that and who thrives in in novelty and and being resourceful in that way um and can bear the stress tolerance of it all an example of that example of that bruce um is like so in a business context you may have like you know like i've got like 20 employees or whatever and of those 20 employees you feel like hey you know in the process of you teaching them how to do things like take care of i don't know like showing them how to take care of accounting and maybe like help them understand the financials and help them understand like the nature of the business, the culture of it and everything else, you would assume that someone could just simply take that information and go copy it and go like, you know, you know, compete with you and build something. But this is not usually the case. Like most of those people are, may work for you. They may, you know, try their hardest to do a good job there, but like either have no drive to do something on their own necessarily or run off with your ideas or whatever. Or even if they did run off, it doesn't mean they're going to go off and execute on those same ideas. Right? Like, um, so I'm, I'm just kind of with you. Like, I think like there are certain things that, um, it's just in the nature of people. And if they don't want to do it, they just simply won't, no matter how much you train them, it's not automatic. They're going to go. That's why, like, I'm not a huge fan of like sending people to business school. Like I, I, I strongly recommended my kids not do that. Yep. Cause like you can start, a, if you're going to be a business person, you want to have an entrepreneurial like angle. The business piece is like, you know, you know, supply and demand and product and like, you know, like ROI and all these kinds of things. These are like obvious things. It doesn't require like some kind of, you know, 
you know, rocket scientists to sort that shit out. But That's people don't really basic. go to business school to start a business. They go so that they get promoted in their like IB job or something. Is it yeah, like funny they thing. tend to do jobs. Like it's useless. Like they know it's somebody. useless. Yeah, they tend to do jobs where they're working for someone where the degree sort of gives them some credibility to go work at some, you know, big company or something. But it doesn't, it's not the same things that they teach you that's necessary. They teach you almost nothing necessary to start your own kind of uh, entrepreneurial type activity, I think. You know, like that's, it's more a structure so that you're good at, like, you, if you want to go work for Goldman Sachs or whoever the fuck, yeah. like you'll have the, the training necessary to go do the basics there. Yeah. And then you go to intern there and they teach you other shit you need to know. And those companies are really good at, like, taking people who otherwise probably could go do their own thing and promising them a carrot in the, in the, in like the level of certain amount of money. And they sure to grab those people and lock them in before they can go fucking do something else. Um, that's why they hang around Ivy league universities and all that shit all the time. And like sponsor, you know, business schools and all this shit because they want to grab that high IQ talent early on before they go do something else. Yeah. I just observationally, I think, Almost nobody I know who did a business or entrepreneurship degree uh, started their own business. And conversely, almost everyone I know who did start their own business or become a founder in some capacity or like a, maybe a late co-founder, none of them did. <laughs> like, like they either studied something different completely or didn't study at all. And, um, and also you could, you could make an argument, which is like, uh, who are you learning from? Like the, the, the entrepreneurship professors, like, does that person really have a craving for freedom? Have they really been in the trenches? Usually no, right? It's, um, and also, I don't know, like a person who truly has that, that entrepreneurial streak, they, they, they just wouldn't put themselves in that position. I don't think that it's like the, 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 the thirst for freedom or novelty or whatever is too much. They've just got to go do something. Um, they, they just wouldn't. It's just, I don't know, there's no logic really to study it. And from my experience, when you're doing something like business, it's like you're you're on a journey and you have an objective, like maybe your objective is to sell a certain product or something and you have a certain situation to start with, like you have a certain amount of, of capital or resources or a situation you're trying to take advantage of. And the situation is always that there's one problem ahead of you and you solve it and then there's another problem and then you solve that and then there's another problem and then you solve that. And you just keep doing that again and again and again and again. And everything you learn comes from that continual problem-solving process. And any kind of information you might have learned in a degree or something like that would either be not relevant to that problem-solving process or would very poorly apply, or you wouldn't have much incentive to learn it in the first place because you wouldn't know how you would apply it. Whereas if you're trying to solve a problem actively, like how do I say like one of my first businesses i had almost no money at all and i needed to get pre-orders to buy products in order to sell them so for something like that i had to work out how to make a website how to have an e-commerce website that could take pre-orders say with paypal or something similar um and then use that to buy stock from a supplier and deliver it and this is just a series of problems and in order to do that, I had to solve a series of problems. And by doing that, I learned a lot, right? Probably more than I would have learned in a term of uh, entrepreneurship degree or something like that, because it was really in the wild and it was directly relevant to exactly what I was doing and with the technology at the time um, and making real sales. So it was like, I don't know. Another interesting side effect yeah. from doing it yourself 
at least one time, right? Like getting in there, like making a website, like, I don't know, like on, I remember uh, 2017, 2016, something like that. I was researching like, I don't know, the different e-commerce websites. So I've done something similar to you. And I, I was looking at these different sites and I'm like, all right, how do we, like, which one of these do we pick? Like, which one has the feature set that you want? Like, is it WooCommerce? Is it like, you know, like whatever, uh, Shopify, whatever. And, you know, many of these had various levels of like rudimentary uh, drag and drop sort of features and this and that. And I was looking at them to say, okay, I need to pick one, pick one of these template systems for our business so that we can use this indefinitely. The e-commerce shit will work, blah, blah, blah. Interesting side effect of learning how to use these things was not only did I recognize the pros and cons of the different platforms, but one interesting side effect was it's like, wait a minute, I know now which one of these is the absolute best. And I know so objectively without having to rely upon some kind of like review site or something like that, which can be wrong about different elements, right? Because if you don't think like, if you've never programmed a computer before, like you may not think like a programmer, you might not have a logic sense of that or maybe whatever. So you don't have the way to judge this thing. So when I, when I remember like Shopify stock was like, it, I don't know, like five bucks or something. I don't remember where it peaked at like $200 or something, but like this informed me in, into saying like, well, okay, look now that I know I have this alpha that this thing is objectively better, maybe this is the stock I should buy. Right. And so that's kind of cool. Like some of the things that you learn also like translate into like what you might invest in, what future businesses you think actually might be successful. You start being able to identify holes in the like broader or local market where you're like, yeah, like I can see things that could be fixed by these particular like products, whether it's AI, whether it's tech, whatever. And like, I don't know, you, you have the ability to now see lots more things if you actually go do these things yourself. Like, I think a lot of people just don't bother doing the most basic things. Like, I don't know, like, um, like that are right in front of you that are cheap and easy, honestly. Like, you don't even have to have a college degree for most of these things. Yeah. Like, you just simply walk in and do it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I started as a brokey as well. A brokey as in a broke person. Because in, in doing all of these things, I developed a, a level of understanding of them and also an understanding of how to manage people and understand the nature of their work. Like I'll give an example. If a, uh, if a person who's never started a business before and has no understanding of technical work, they probably don't really understand deeply what a programmer does, say with some, you know, like the backend programming of a, a shop or something like that. They don't really understand what's required the, the workload that's required, the level of specificity you need to give them, their frustrations, how much work might be required if you rectify something and suddenly change your mind um, in terms of like the hours and the complexity and the the bits and bobs involved and, and you know what is easy to modify and what isn't and all that stuff. Whereas if you're actually involved in doing some coding yourself and, and designing one of these things and understanding the back end and updating it and whatever else, you're going to much more clearly understand that the project scope and how to lay it out and how to um, pitch it to good people if they're maybe working on equity or something like that. Um, it, it's just easier all around. And it, it gives you more appreciation for their work too. And the things they, I suppose, even even the things they, they derive meaning in, right? And, and the things they like to do. Um, and just, just it, it makes you a much easier person to, to manage the project and to be around. If you understand everything, it's the same with other domains too, like the legal side and the the um, the marketing side and whatever else. It's it's um, I don't know. For me, it was like by doing everything myself, I learned how to to manage those things much better as well. 
Yeah, it's like some things too, like like life will throw you different curveballs and things, or maybe you know take you places that you really didn't expect. Have you meet people you didn't really think you would meet? Um, well, you could argue that's almost every day that could happen. Um, but uh, I remember, like you know, there was places I worked that were um, like related to the army, the air force. I've you know worked with like places that are related to, uh, you know, like, you know, prison systems. I've dealt with like, I don't know, like, you know, police type people um, dealt with like, you know, I, I used to like, all, like all sorts of interesting things, you know, uh, that had nothing to do with like my primary career. So what ends up happening is, is like over time, you like, if you're the type of person that tends to sort of soak in these things, like no matter what experience you're in, you're learning very deeply. You're paying attention to like, well, how do people in the Air Force behave? Like, what do, what do they do? And like, what does their command structure look like? And what do, like, what does it mean to like follow orders or something like that? You know, like it's the same thing as a business. It's a different type of business. And like the more of those types of uh, experiences you have, the more like, I don't know, you, you, like if you have the ability to incorporate those things, you will. And if you're the type of person that just sort of floats through life and doesn't notice these things deeply, you just won't. So like, you know, if I had to like clarify, like, why do I make the choices I, I do now? Like, it's a hugely long sequence of reasons why I might do like one thing versus the other. And it's now it's just, it's like you, you have a honed intuition, you know, of the different types of people that are out there, right? Like if you didn't know certain types of behavior, people behave a certain way like certain type of people that do different levels of work behave a certain way. Like what Bruce was just saying, like, you don't understand, like maybe like, what does it take to sit around being a programmer all day or, um, you know, like what those people are paid or what kind of issues they have. Like if you don't even have a nominal understanding, you could be given a whole lot of money by somebody. Like, let's say I give someone $10 million and say, Hey, you go use this money effectively, start a business or do whatever. And they'll fuck the whole thing up. Right. Cause they don't have the slightest clue of like what's paying too much, too little, what value are they getting for it? There's a lot of like information to like digest. Like even if you were to be given free money, it's not that easy to, to make a um, like functioning business do well long-term. Xerox is, are you bored of this conversation? Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Mm. Yeah, his, his blockchain gaming discussion that uh, turned into this, right? I've also noticed that that most people don't really have a baseline level of resourcefulness, which is kind of interesting. Like if they're faced with some problem in a business or something, um, they they want it solved for them, or they don't really know what to do, or they kind of get stuck. It's it's quite interesting sometimes. Like mm, I don't know how to describe it exactly. It's like it's like most people. It's like most people are. Are kind of designed to take instructions on some, on some kind of crude, uh, slightly uh, depressing level. They really are designed to follow orders and, and take instructions. Coach, bug men. There are bullets and there are barrels in this world. If you are a barrel, yep. you direct the bullets. I have to you say, tell like, them where to go. people who. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Something's wrong with her connection. No, she's Maybe. just being she's being a hussy. She's doing she's, it on purpose. She she always ruins these conversations. There are bullets and there are barrels in this world, coach. The barrels direct where the bullets are going to go. They spin them. They give them some 
they give them turbulence, they give them some oomph. That's where we're fucking going. All yeah. right. And then the bullets, they say, all right. And you slap them on the bum and they run and they run and you say, faster, let's go, let's go, let's go. That is the role of a founder to fire their, their employees like bullets at their targets. Mm. I'm trying to think of a good example of what I mean by resourcefulness. Um, it's something like, to give you a simple example, it's something like if you have a load of wood, so you're in a, in a thick forest and you have a load of wood, a load of trees, and they're all kind of dry, and you have a saw and some nails, uh, how quickly could you make a treehouse or make a boat having no prior knowledge of those things? Right, having no prior knowledge of like architectural plans or anything else, you're just in the forest and you need to build a boat or build a treehouse. Could you just do it? Like, could you just figure it out and do it almost immediately? Or are you just going to be like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, are you just going to like freeze and glitch? Um, because not many people can actually do that. And I like, I thought that more people could than they can, and it's almost nobody. Yeah, um, I think it's a combination of things. It's having the belief that you could build a boat. It's having the belief you could build a treehouse. Or perhaps the idea, you know, whatever you're going to do is not going to work. Or maybe it's uh, a hesitation. That, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I have no idea what makes a boat float. I have no idea what makes a treehouse stand up. So I'm not even going to try. I have no idea where to start. This is hopeless. Um, I think the people who have an abundance mindset will say, I probably don't know how to build a boat but the i'm gonna find out i'm gonna figure out what will float and I'll be, eventually as long as i ration my wood and i don't sink everything i will build something that floats and that will be my boat and it will work staying focused and persistence is all you need you can do anything and people just don't care how things work at all that's another thing too like forget about like being resourceful like they just don't care like, how does this thing work? It just doesn't cross their mind. Like, for example, if there's a stereo with a pair of speakers, like someone, you know, initially might say, wait a minute, how the fuck does this music come out of this thing? Like, what, what do you mean you're moving this little piece of plastic or you're moving this uh, cone? Like, uh, what, there's like some sort of magnets attached to it? Like, wait, there's wires? And like, how does that take music and turn that into something that I can hear? And Like, you know, to some extent, like everything amazes you from like the moment you like encounter like tech or technology or anything else and you're immediately turned to being at least slightly inquisitive as far as like what like how these things work like and some people just don't care in the slightest they couldn't give a flying fuck like i have among my smaller family members and the younger members of the family like you know i see some people that have that uh inquisitive nature and then some of the other kids like have no clue like they just have no care in the world for this sort of thing. And I, as someone who has never really like specifically taught these things or to talk to care about them, like it was purely uh, my nature, right? Uh, like imagine someone who basically breaks apart their toys, rebuilds things, like reattaches electronics since they're like in, I don't know, like second grade level, right? And then take someone else who shows up for an electrical engineering degree or something like that in college and then that's the first time they've ever like touched anything related to electronics. There's almost no way to catch the, the second grader who's been doing this since they were a little kid is kind of the thing. So some of the, like Bruce, some of the things that you're like thinking about as resourcefulness are like, that's a, like a set of, um, 
I don't know, like set, a troubleshooting set and a skill set that, that's acquired over a very protracted period of your lifetime that um, th- that's e- it's hard to just sit someone down and say, hey, do this if they've never been that type of person before. Yeah, I was trying to think of what it is exactly. And I think part of it is an ability to sequence problems in a logical order. Like take the, take the treehouse example, right? So let's imagine we've never built a treehouse at all and you want to build a treehouse and you're in a forest and for some reason you need to do this either for shelter or just as a, you know, either you don't do it or your family dies or something. Um, like I would immediately think, okay, I need a good tree. So I'd, I'd look around and find a good tree where there's like a sufficient uh, area to to form like a base of the, the main room of the treehouse, something like that. And then I would decide like where to place the, the, the main floor of the treehouse. And maybe I'd place some initial like um, kind of, I've, I don't know what they would be called in terms of building, but like the the initial like framework underneath the floor, I would place some of that. And then I would make sure it's supported with kind of triangular structures that that um, nail into the the base trunk of the tree to keep it steady. And then I would start laying out the floor. And and But the issue is that like the, the important thing is that I wouldn't need to solve everything all at once. Like I wouldn't need a whole plan all at once. I can find the tree. I can start laying the, the initial foundation framework and I can start making it steady. And then I, I, I just like would trust myself to figure the rest out to build on top of that and to make it stable. You see what I mean? It's like it's a it's a sequencing thing. Whereas I think a lot of people would would try and figure out the whole thing in their head to start with and get kind of paralyzed with it. They wouldn't break it down into like a linear sequence of problems to solve one at a time. Um but but like I, th- I think that's like a large part of resourcefulness. It's like the discerning a linear route where you just have to solve one small thing at a time and you can kind of trust in the process so long as you choose the right hierarchy. Yeah, that's sort of what um, so about uh, 10 years ago or so, like I built a house and um, I remember that was done with a general contractor, kind of a builder type person, right, who you hire. And then you're sort of paying them and, you know, they're, they're going to build this house for you. Um, but they're going to hire a bunch of subtractors, subcontractors. So I remember this guy was really good at um, construct. I mean, building houses and like the general, his, I like had a good sense of his vibe of things, like his ability to produce like something that I would be interested in ultimately owning. So I sort of saw his work before and I kind of hired this guy, right? He's not an architect or something like that. He just has a great eye for like what's going to look good and, you know, everything else. So one of the things he made clear was like, okay, look, if you, you know, there's a lot of pieces in a house, there's the windows and there's the floors and there's this material and that material and colors and whatever or not. And if you try, if you're not someone who's like an architect or something like that, who does this regularly or has like an, an artistic eye, they can see the whole picture all at once. It makes more sense to just pick one thing at a time, um, get to a certain stage in the thing, look how everything looks and then make, make the next step of the thing and like if you don't what will happen is you'll just go into like do loops where you'll come up with this and then you'll say okay i'm gonna add that and then oh this doesn't go with this and you'll start all over again and you'll do this over and over again you'll never actually get anything done so like that step-by-step breakdown approach like is almost what you have to do for certain types of big projects especially if you've never done one before i think and i think that's what you're describing it's like that um otherwise you just never finish and um that's kind of how i did the first one and then, like when I designed one this last summer, um, 
designed a house for my brother, like one of the things is like I sort of knew a lot more about the cohesiveness of the different pieces. So while I'm working on this part of the design, we're already thinking about all the other things that have to merge with that, right? Like all the different layers that have to sort of like, you know, merge. cross each other and everything. Yeah, exactly. And so getting all that to build, it becomes much faster the second time in a sense. And actually it's funny, like with businesses and things too, like with projects, if you, uh, some of us, like we enjoy the first project and maybe the second one, because the first one was just a brutal learning experience. The second one, you know, you're good at it and you can do it really, really well. The third time can just become a chore at that point, right? Like it's just boring. Cause you're like, well, I've done this before. I've gone through this process before. It's like putting a piece of, it's like putting a puzzle together. You know, imagine like a 5,000 piece jigsaw or some shit like that. Like, okay, fine. Once or twice, maybe thrice. It could be interesting. But then if you're one of those people that does puzzles like your whole life, you're just a freak, right? Like, why would you do this over and over again? Like, why would you do dozens of these things? Unless you're <laughs> you personally trying to sell houses or something, right? Or something. But yeah. Yeah. I've never wanted to be a specialist or something like that. I think I like the, the, the process of, um, I mean, in terms of like problem solving or maybe entrepreneurial stuff, it's like you have a problem set and you have to solve it. And there's a, there's like a river to find where you solve it in this this linear way, one problem after another. And it can be quite exciting and quite novel. And you're not quite sure how you're going to get there, but you just start. You get your teeth into it with a few things. You decide a, a product and, and maybe what you want to sell. And then you, you come up with a way to sell it and you just kind of start. And then you get that initial maybe first sale or whatever. And then it starts to kind of transform and you get feedback from customers and, and the whole thing evolves very suddenly. And unexpected things happen down the road and then you kind of solve them to um, disasters and good things and whatever. And it's like, I don't know, it's, I think for me, a lot of it's just the, the novelty. There's a, it's like with every additional thing you solve and every step you take forward, there's a new chessboard and it's like, you trust yourself to solve it in, in some way. And you also trust that the, the result of the solving it is going to be quite interesting or perhaps surprising, um, in a way you couldn't anticipate right at the start, but you're, you're somehow devoted to the process of, of solving it resourcefully. And, and that is like the, the joy of it. That's, that's the novelty of it. But, but for me, I definitely don't want to be any kind of specialist. No way. It's like, I'm going into a domain to, to get the juice out of it or to explore it a little bit. Or um, Here, Here's an interesting question. If you could go back to the point where you were a child again, and you were completely naive to the world as it is, um, would you prefer that existence again, or would you prefer like where you are now with the sort of like, even though like some of the freshness of the world has been taken out to some extent, right? You, you understand enough about how the world works where it's like, maybe some of that mystery is gone in many domains. Like, what do you think? Like you'd rather have it totally naive or what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you mean um, the current brain. Yeah, I think of it like this. If I had to go back and I had to relearn a lot of things that I had to learn for medical and this and that, I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to do that again. Right. Like, I don't want to do it all over again. If I had to forget this and to do it over again, it would be just like, I don't know, it'd be brutal. Like, I, you know, I don't know if I enjoyed every step of the process as much. I sort of like, you know, the aggregate amount of information that I know to some extent. And I don't really want to learn it over again, even though maybe it was more fun the first time. 
you follow what I'm saying? Like, it's like going to an amusement park for the first time. Like you go to Disney world, you're like, wow, this is really cool. And there's look at these rides and blah, blah, blah. And like, eventually you're bored of these things and you're an adult and it's like the novelty has sort of passed in a way. So that's, so maybe like there's less fun in that excitement. So it's more interesting to see your kids go to those things now than just to go on your own. And, uh, but like, would you rather have that like freshness or would you rather have uh, where everything is novel or would you rather like just simply know what you know, even though the novelty's worn off. Well, it depends. Like, what are you? What are you asking exactly? Are you asking to to rewind time and implant yourself in the inner child's body with the same kind of, but devoid <laughs> yeah, I don't, or what? I don't like, know. If, or or may, or maybe look at it a different way. Let's say you continue to live on this earth for the next thousand years, right? Uh, continuing to acquire whatever sort of like maybe wisdom there might be to know about the nature of things. Um, do you think you would get bored at that point? Like, do you think there's a point where like, eh, you've sort of seen it all. You've sort of seen most stories. You've seen most you know, types of people. Maybe like, you know, you've, you've witnessed all the different types of weather. You know, you've you've traveled the world or some shit, and like I don't know, like you, you, there is the point where you're just like looking around, going, "Okay, now what?" Right? Would would you think that would be interesting? Like, if... I don't think I'd be bored, no. But I think That's kind uh, of where I'm at right now, guys. Uh, I think the pers- the perspective, like from the perspective of the mind and thinking, that gets bored. But like, you know, the whole purpose of of um, say spirituality and meditation and stuff like that is to take your identity out of that stuff. Yeah, taking the ego. Uh, yeah, that's you were what, saying. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, though. What you were saying with experiences, like, I worked in productions for 10 years, man, and every day was a new adventure. And it, it got to a place where I wanted to know me more. And yeah, it's very humbling. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if, if it was a thousand years from now, like, man, it would be interesting. Like, uh, having to, like, ha- I think it'd be only interesting if there was other people that were around with you for that thousand years, there'd have to be some people at least that know. For another perspective. No, that know your perspective. You always have people that don't know your perspective because they're all around you, right? But if you had the ability to live a thousand years and everyone else didn't, without at least some core group of people that sort of know who you are and know your history, having to explain that fucking thing again, generation after generation would be very weird, wouldn't it? Like, you know, like, who who is this person and why? Like, in other words, everyone else dies around you kind of thing. I think there's several movies and stuff that talk about Yeah, I was just about to say that. There's so many movies like that. I, Robot with Robin Williams. That one's my favorite. In, you know about, about immortals and like kind of like it's a good fiction topic because I good what if what's the I, yeah. what's the robot movie robin williams was in uh i don't know and he's a robot Probably. it's so good for my tentennial the steven no. spielberg film with the yeah i robot creepy little kid yeah the creepy kid yeah <laughs> that's a good one you're kind of stumbling across like spiritual topics here it's like is there a satisfaction in life that doesn't require um a past or a future or even thoughts and stories like can that be satisfying i would say yes also you you're stumbling into a topic like do you really need a a history or a knowledge base to 
have fun with other people, I would say a little bit helps, but also no. It helps with relativity, allowing you to attract others. The, the two main ingredients of love is happiness and relativity. So bonding does bring more opportunities. Well, I guess you could reframe the question as well. It's like if you were to live for eternity or millions of years or thousands of years, where would your where would your sense of contentment you, come from? Yeah, you, you would be like a Cephi and you know everything. <laughs> well, the point is like where, where would your sense of contentment come from? Like what, what, would your, what would your home place, your rest of, of contentment be? What would, you, what would you find? What would your identity be? Where, where would your, um, your home or your resting place be in terms of yeah, I, I think where by you that find- point, I think by that point you would be, you've, you would have already been a sociopath from driving yourself crazy, from seeing everybody around you die, and then you lose hope of, of everything. And, you know, and then, and then you would go on to a stimulation period where you overstimulated yourself with drugs and, and now you need so like some more kind things. of heat, like some kind of hedonistic period. Yeah, yeah, you would go through all the phases of of thought, and I think it would end up to a much like a monk. Of once you once you experience so much, you're now the only thing left to figure out is yourself. Imagine if you're around on this planet for like I don't know a million years, like that would be something. It's very strange. Um, I feel like like would you even remember yourself? What's that, Zara? Like, assu- I'll, uh, if, assuming that you have like a half decent memory, I suppose, like, even then, would you ever remember most of your life, right? Like, even now, it's like, if I think back to like, I don't know, grade school or high school or something like that, like, I don't remember most of the people I've met during that time frame. So they have essentially like evaporated from my memory, even though I might have walked the halls or seen them numerous times, uh, you know, like the, the, what some of your teachers look like has faded from your memory. Uh, just imagine like being around for like a million years and you don't even fucking remember where you came from at some point. Like, you know, it's funny, Sevi, weird. a half hour ago, you said you you don't enjoy talking about philosophy and for the past half hour, you've just been talking about philosophy and enjoying it. Seemingly. Well, it's just kind of what ifs. It's not really. (laughs) Oh my God. He called you out. Called you out. It would it would be mm. fun to role play this with Kate, this whole millionaire thing. Yeah, Kate. Um, if you live a, would you want to live a million years, Kate? Um, I don't really care. I think like, like fifty is as good as anything. But would I? I mean, wait. When do I die? Otherwise, like now. Like, mm. what's the question? No, like, would you be a, what would, what would you think your life would look like if you lived a million years or a thousand years? Would you get bored? Would you? I'm like, does everyone else die? Because then that would be pretty depressing. Yeah, you, you, don't have any, to, like, you don't have any companions to live. And like, like, are you fertile? Like, do you keep having, like, hundreds of millions of kids? Or it really depends, like, practically. Yeah, this is my, so there was, there's versions of like this. It's kind of a question, like, IRL. Um, but I would mean, it be like, in other words, there's, ver- there's like versions of this game that would like work for you. Like if you had friends that lived the same amount of time or something like that. Yeah. Or if you can have children and I can just have like 50, like twink husbands in a row. Sure. But like, if, it, you know what I mean? It just depends. Um, if you can have like a vampire partner or whatever, 
if you can't, like if ev- like you can't reproduce and no one lives for a long time, that's pretty depressing. But I think it would be fine. Like I'd still do it for Let's fun. say you could reproduce. Like how many um You would have like eighty kids. Deaths, so. <laughs> how many deaths of your children could you handle? Right? Where eventually it's like, I'm not doing this anymore or something. But by the but at some point you'd become expedient. Like you would be you would have like raising your kids down to an absolute science. And you could make like you could make so many people be descended from you, you know? You could have like a hundred <laughs> yeah, trillion yeah, kids and just be... bought and like Program them to reproduce, and yeah, everyone would just be have Kate's like DNA, age. right? I mean, that but then I would be able to even the... get with anyone because I would be incest. Then I'll just kill myself. Oh it was a million God. years. But I mean, Sefi didn't Wait, even describe say? like if um if we age or not, you know, and if we do age, what like how how like the time period? You like, look like a, a a rickety old man or something. So would a hundred thousand years in a millionaire being be like being ten years old? Would you age slowly, or would you age? That's you know, so kind of bad. <laughs> right, let's just assume you're like, like your hundred thousand years. Let's just assume like your your physical body is your twenty three year old you or something like that. Oh, you know, like, like forever. The narcissistic me, perfect. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, your physical <laughs> body, I mean, your mind, obviously, remember everything. I don't know, it'd be weird. Like, I, I just think, like, after a certain period of time, like, the passage of time would start steep, seeming, like, pointless. Uh, like, measuring time itself starts becoming whatever, because you know that, like, even if you, I met Kate today, like, 100 years from now, I would forget her or something like that. Cause, like, are you, you, know, are, are, are you going to be susceptible to smoking issues? Like, if you're a smoker or a heavy drinker, like, would you have pancreatic cancer and stuff like that? Like, would you... No, I mean, the presumption would you illness? just... I think the presumption would be, you no, you, you would just be immortal. Like, you know, to, like, you don't have to deal Nothing, with disease or whatever. Yeah, yeah so... Oh, every, so you could just do heroin get away like with 100,000 years. <laughs> 100,000 years of heroin, that's the way to go. I don't think that's healthy Why not? at all. <laughs> yeah, but you can't die. So who cares? But just imagine if you had the ability to live a million years, right? If you um, have a million years of track marks, you wouldn't want to use heroin because then it's like, wait a minute, are you going to do that for the next million years? What? I'm right? pretty like, sure you know, like, to what? get off heroin. Like, how bad a, must your brain have to be years. to have to use heroin every day for a million years? That'd be weird. Somebody that's seen their family die fucking ten times over. Mm. Yeah, I guess there's the other question: is like, if you wanted to die, could you? Like, would you would you want to have the option to die, or would you rather have the like you're stuck living? <laughs> like, a if you could years, choose right? right now, you can get you can live till eighty. You can you, know, you live till seventy five, and you die the day you turn seventy five, or you can live till you're one million. What would you? <laughs> you know what this is, Kate? This is one of those genie wishes, right? I want to live forever. That's my first right. wish, and then like the you know the sun like the has become a red ends and it, like the sun has become like, yeah. like a red giant. You know the earth has been scorched by the sun. You, you know, you, you're not being burned, but the entire planet is on fire and you're floating around in space and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just, you're just yeah, like, you a million is a huge commitment versus like a thousand. <laughs> like, if you could pick any length, what would you pick? Mm, I don't know. Like, yeah, what's the right amount of time that you would have that you could, I you would could be sure of? 66 years old would be great for me. <laughs> it's like suicidal. I've, I'd be I've like 500. so much. But like, why die? I don't know. Yeah, the future does seem exciting, but it also seems like a lot's about to come. You know, 
lot of negative. Yeah. What if what if you're like alive, but you're in a dystopian clusterfuck, right? You're you're in prison for a million of those years or whatever. Some weird shit, right? Like someone buries you in a wall or something. So that's why you can't <laughs> tell anyone you're immortal because like you don't know what the fuck they're gonna do to you. Yeah, like, you go to jail. You, and, you you get a life sentence, dude, for fucking. Yeah, like what if? Yeah, what if like, someone what if like, like cuts like, you up and does experiments on you? Like, do you somehow just keep living? <laughs> it's like you grow back like a worm. No, like what if like <laughs> I, I got a big metal <laughs> box, right? threw MP3 in it, and I threw him at the bottom of the ocean, and he's like, "Fuck, let me out!" And he's like living forever in this fucking box and be Dude. be something else. That, that would that would be the version, uh, the Mormon version of hell, actually. And I I studied religions. It's for a literally while. my life. It's fine. Um, so in in Mormonism, they believe if if God speaks to you directly and you deny it, you end up in eternal darkness forever. And so what you're speaking about is the Mormon hell. And then there's three there's three levels of heaven. So like you know normal bad people, like people that are sociopathic or just bad people in general, they go to level one heaven. And it's I think a at a, like at a core level in like Judeo-Christian uh, religion, it's like mm, like heaven or hell is really just the absence of the word of God. I think I don't I think that's true g- generally theologically for most of, uh, you know, like this description. And then there's like deeper descriptions. Oh, there's hell and brimstone and this, that and the other thing. But really, it's just that's just all just allegory and whatever. Yeah, right? I, I yeah, I mean, I've lived through hell and I lived through. I lived through a lot of good, so I've been on both sides of the fucking thing. I think it's definitely here on Earth. Uh, Bruce, do you believe you you shine in the uh, in the word of the Lord your God? Do you believe the word uh, is is upon you? As in the terror money white paper, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, like Lord Doquan has delivered this white paper to you. Peace okay. be unto him. Peace be unto him. <laughs> <laughs> sing like Doquan Christmas songs. <laughs> in on some level, we're all here to obey him. Really, we're all wait, we're all kind of waiting around in the wait. It's like we're at the um, the dentist or the, the hospital or something. We're in the waiting room, waiting for the the surgeon or the doctor Doquan to build something or do something, so we have something to talk about. And all of these spaces are like our waiting process we're like in the bardo in the tibetan it's like church (laughs) we're in the bardos it's like he's gonna come back the the, um the half consciousness states of becoming between life and death and like we're waiting for the resurrection (laughs) we've we've died and and we're waiting to become again and our karma is being counted up or lord dokuan is making a new world or whatever it's just like we're clearly in the waiting room we're not doing anything particular here we're not here for any purpose like we're not here for each other I, we're here I, to make waiting for dokuan a little bit less you know suffering i disagree i think we're here for to experience things so like you know the universe gets to know itself better that's what we're here for all right speak for yourself let me know when you become an honest person <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a, you know, I think we should never follow, like, you should never, like, join a group or invest in a company or something where the, um, like, the founder is not extremely arrogant, right? Because, like, who else should be arrogant if not these types of people? Uh, Because otherwise, it's like, what? Like, you're just going to be mediocre. It just happens to I don't really think that's true, to be honest. Like, 
I just don't think that's true. Like people I know IRL who are successful, some of them are arrogant and some aren't. If you're dumb, then you have to be arrogant to make up for it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> like most of the people. But it depends, like, like tech probably. But like if it's an IRL company, like it's like agriculture or like, I don't know, like some like supply thing, then you don't need to be arrogant. To make like the most money maybe, but to be really successful, no, definitely not. Mm, so you're just saying that's business, down. Specific, business specific or yeah, something? Yeah, it depends on the industry, like the type of people you'll deal with and how honest Well, they're doing thumbs down industry. because you're you're wrecking their worldview about the Lord Do Kwan, and they are very upset about it. It's just dumb comparisons. Like, how, how, why are you comparing some random guy who makes cheese or something to Lord Do Kwan who built a $60 billion Ponzi? Because it's the same thing. Like, it's you like you mean? guys don't even understand what Do Kwon did and why it was so special. I just think none of you understand his genius whatsoever. And even if you were staring right at it. But it doesn't right even exist it, now. Okay, like, you don't fails. understand a damn thing about what Do Kwon's done. And no matter how high your IQ is, it's a fake thing. you cannot understand. It's impossible for you. Like teaching, teaching a small fish how to play the drums. Impossible. Anatomically and mentally impossible you can maybe bang the, you can bang, the, um, you can bang your like fins against the drum maybe not enough force not he enough force short as well why would you trust a short guy like no offense but wow. with a business type thing you should only trust people over six foot like let's be honest <laughs> what is he like six four or something bruce <laughs> like, like three four like three one no, he's pretty tall. Is, is that pretty... a jab at Bruce? Who? Being short? Uh, Doquan, how tall is he? Kate's suggesting he's a midget. Oh, no, like six foot seven. Huge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I figured he's pretty tall. How are big you big... doing, by the way, today? He's a big motherfucker. He's also bigger than you might expect. He's one of those people where you get near him and he seems bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you get really fucking close and he seems massive. You how close I mean? have you been? Do you know those, like, optical illusions where you it's like you start walking down a hallway and the i can't describe it it's like the the hallway gets narrow actually the hallway gets narrower towards the end until the door looks tiny but when you're standing far away it looks like a normal hallway it's like that with dokkan it's like you get up <laughs> he like, like bend, he bends fucking reality while standing in the hallway it's like yeah. he's like nine he, he knows, like his, his skull is like huge like in person <laughs> it's not enough to know e equals mc squared you have to know how to use it and he does because his head is so big like the gravity pulls the objects in the room towards it have you I seen think, that have you witnessed this no it's more about bending light and bending your sense of consciousness Oh, it's like a time dilation thing with like. I do like him. He's yeah. like cheeky little smile. Like I do. I am fond of him. I think we all are. We we all are. We all see the king and we see the boy, and between those two poles, our love is cultivated. <laughs> um, Finn posted uh, somewhere. He's like, I wonder one of the which one of these cunts has the terraspaces.lunk uh, <laughs> website or something. Someone took the domain name for terraspaces.lunk. Somebody for that new thing, I think it's enterprise 
they fucking stole the lunked out thing. We don't have nothing to do with it. They made one. Some someone made one, a fake fucking lunked out. I wonder how they're going to screen that because it's a problem with everything. Like with Astroport or whatever, they started to whitelist everything, and like you're going to have to whitelist. You're going to have to employ people to whitelist everything. How's that going to work? Because there are fuckloads of fake things now. You know what I mean? Like listing new pairs on Astroport or something. It's a it's a dilemma. Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. What's the difference between a dilemma and a dilemma? What about a false trichotomy? I think it's the same word. Have you ever found yourself in a false trichotomy? (laughs) Only when I'm in this room. A false trichotomy. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's a real thing. Can happen. Like it actually is real, hey. People like try that all the time. The coach actually like performs it to the T. Is that what you're saying? False trichotomy. I'm trying yeah, to false trichotomy. Like an example of this. It's where three things that are false are pitted against each other, and maybe a fourth or more reasonable option is ignored. Mm. As opposed to such as who do you want to marry? Sefi, coach, or Xerox is. When you like, initially said it, then my brain was like, like I felt like, what's it called in maths when they have like the 17 like dimensions? <laughs> like my brain was tortured. And then I was like, wait, no, it's just plus one option. She's like, I don't want to go back to doing fucking matrixes and algebra, you know what I mean? Like it's like it's making my brain hurt. Zara, is your thing working now? Um, I think so. But was MP3 speaking? Because I can't hear him. We chose not to hear him. Oh, okay. <clears throat> if I speak over anyone, it's because I can't hear them. Um, yeah, hi. How are you guys? Uh, so Zara, yeah. Like the, the question of the day is, okay, so uh, would you be okay with living a million years if nobody else you knew lived that long? I mean, I would rather not. I would rather die. Um, <clears throat> if I could kill myself, I probably would after a normal sort of lifespan. Um, because I think, well, I guess a million years actually isn't that long. So I could do it, but I would probably like live a normal lifespan and then go into like 500 years of like silence or heroin addiction, like Kate was saying. And then switch it back on again and then live another life. Um, so basically death, like try and give myself a fake death. I think um, death makes the principles of what makes life so important stand out more starkly. So thinking about death helps to arrive at that sort of clarity about what we really want and what you want to do. And that generally comes from what we feel rather than what we think and stuff like that. So I think when people... How people love these questions because it gets them to indulge in the fantasy that a lot of people already live with their lives, which is they live their lives like they're immortal and just fill it up with like <laughs> weird nonsense that no one cares about that they don't care about that's meaningless and pointless. Um, and it's like, um, I don't know, I'm just waffling. Why? But it's hard sometimes to feel like you're reaching the threshold of like things being meaningful, like because materially nothing is you know it's more about like being aligned with like the correct vibes you know 
Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's different to some degree, but um, yeah, I don't know. With the like, would you want to live? Would you want to be immortal? Oh, let's prevent aging forever. Let's do all this stuff. It's like, or prevent aging. What's so a bunch of? But you can do it with six hundred years, right? Six hundred years. That's I don't all right. Know. Like, if you prevent, if you manage to, I don't know, get some weird thing that makes people live for that long. It's like, okay, well, you're gonna. People, these people are just going to live a longer time and it's just going to be like sick animals. It's going to be sick animals jerking off, eating hot Cheetos for hundreds of years. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to live that long. No, I'd want to live the same lifespan as everyone else. Um, but maybe I'm just being a buzzkill. <laughs> maybe I'm just really bad at answering this question. Like 120 years. I think I want to live for like, I don't really give a fuck how long I live, but like pre- preferably normal amount. Why don't we invert the question ask like, Let's all say how long we want someone to live. Like, let's take Zara. Coach how... Bruce, I want you to live till 29. All right. How long does everyone else want me to live? Go around in a circle. I like you, Coach. I want uh, two, 222 years. Thank you. Um, first of all, are we going to live the same amount of time or no. No. Each... only the person that we're wishing this on? Each, each person's lifespan is is decided by taking an average of all the wishes of the group. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to elect for you. Um, let's uh, a trillion years. Thank you. 45 stroke. Thank you. You can also say cause of death, I suppose, but be wary because you will manifest it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say anything else beyond my earlier joke. Like, I do hope you live a long time. Like, I think you. I hope you all live like ninety-two years. Why not ninety-three? Do you hate us? Do you want us to die, Kate? No, I just feel like ninety-three. Actually, ninety-three is kind of a cute age. Like, I think ninety-seven is a good age to die as well. But over a hundred, it's kind of like it's pushing it. I think. Yeah. It's like, come on, it's your time to go. Um. I think a really funny age to die is 99 days and uh, 99 years <laughs> about a baby death um, and 364 days. I think that's kind of, it's like, oh, you missed the queen, missed her, not getting a card from her. Oh, she's dead too. <laughs> I think it's but, um, one second before your 100th birthday. And then, yeah, see, exactly. if, then see if you can get the, uh, the doctor to lie about it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much you'd lie about. Like, if you died two hours before your hundred, is he going to note down a hundred if you really press it? Yeah, but you'll be no. It's going to be only within like five minutes, and they might do it as a laugh. But even then, it's like you didn't actually make it. But the thing is, like, what it depends. You never would have made it because usually you're born later in the day, not at twelve a.m. You know, so. Yeah, I think I think ultimately though the goal of life is to live as long as you can. That's that's the main goal. That's why we're here. No, that's like, pathetic. Could you handle the trillion year, uh, you know, like time frame? It's like imagine like all right, the galaxy has gone dark, and like you're in this space between space. Like it's just like it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean, what else you are you going to do? <laughs> you can't die, so. Yeah, I, mean, I would, personally. 
if anyone can hear can do it, I think Bruce might be able to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he could handle it. I think he would kill himself by like what age sixty. That's what the whole meditation thing's about, really. It's like you step outside of time. It stops mattering as much. It's a blessing and a curse. It's not like this is not one of these things where you can kill yourself. You're just stuck. Because remember, in a trillion years, there won't be like, I don't know, solar system. So you're floating around in space somewhere. So it's not like as if you have like, you know, like you don't have the option to die here. You can't do anything fun. It's kind of bad. You can't just meditate for eternity. I think and you're supposed you... to eat or drink or anything like you're just going to be like how will you even live it doesn't make sense like are you just your consciousness like no I don't know. for the sake of the game like your your body exists you can see the world as you see it now with the eyes you see it you use now you're not like evolving or anything you're just you and like somehow you can breathe in space and stuff like this like you just that's just who you are you're just out there Nobody asked me when I thought Coach would die and how. So you were away masturbating. No, 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 not anymore. I'm here. Um, so I think brain aneurysm in five, four, three, two, one. No, this is bad. That's cursed. Don't manifest my death. That'd be horrible. Imagine if I just died now, and you were like, you had to live with... kind of funny. (laughs) I I would be pretty surprised. I would be a bit terrified. Um, That would would be confirmation. It would be confirmation we're in a a simulation. Did I have the funniest thing last night? Can I I say something first? Did I ever tell you the story, Xerox, is I've I've heard of a lot of synchronicities like this. I think my, my, my dad... About 20 years ago, he needed a day off work for some reason because he was, um, I think he wanted to do something, go somewhere. And he told his boss that his mother, his my grandmother, had broken her leg as just a made-up lie. And um, so he tells the boss that his mother's broken her leg and then gets his bag together to go on this day trip or something with my mum. Then he gets a phone call um, and it's the, the hospital saying saying that um my uh my grandmother has had a fall and she i think she it wasn't her leg but she she fractured her hip or broke her hip and it happened within five minutes of when my dad had made the excuse so like be careful and the thing the funny thing was that he ended up going to the hospital all day anyway just just as he had described to his boss it's freaky it's freaky so, yeah, last, when you're joking night. about something and it's just chill that's when it like manifests you know it's it's you have to be careful sorry Steffi. i was gonna say last night uh so i was just coughing my brains out i you know i've had like this you know up respiratory thing for the last week it's kind of going on and on and it was kind of uh started getting feverish the last two days so i'm like all right maybe there's like a bacterial super infection so started some antibiotics yesterday evening after sitting around waiting for that the, the medicine to be filled somewhere and um you know got this all going and then last night i was just coughing like crazy and i was having dreams i was thinking to myself okay um like you know okay where do i you know what have i not solved what happens if i like die today what happens if i go into septic shock by morning and i'm you know because this is what you know, i see this sort of thing every day right so it could happen so then i'm like wait a minute maybe i need to get onto like you know twitter or something and tweet something that i 
you know, if I'm gone tomorrow, it's because I you know, have like pneumonia and septic shock or something like that. And this is what I was dreaming of last night. I was like, hmm, what if all my Twitter friends don't know where I went? What if I just disappeared one day and like fucking gone? Then what? Right. So like, <laughs> so if I disappear one day, um, it means I'm dead. Mm-hmm. You. you should um, you should you should DM a trusted friend, a phone number of yeah. Some- like your wife, like me or someone. So if you do but this, besi- but besides, recap. but you know, it's funny, like besides thinking about it and dreaming about it, right. When I finally woke up early, like I think 4am or something thinking about this, I didn't actually go in and type out like, Hey, by the way, I, I feel really sick and you know, I'm having chills in this and that. What if I die? I didn't actually actually say anything after all that fucking dreaming. If you think about it. Like <laughs> I was perfectly content with you guys just fucking being like, well, I don't know where, I don't know. It just, it was important, but not so important that I took action. Or if I took action, you think I would have manifested it. It's, it just sounds like your your activated sympathetic nervous system is just like creating brain activity around your usual hobbies, like around Twitter and stuff. <laughs> it's like it's like generating. Yeah, that's that's probably part of it too. Kind of problem solving. Uh, speaking about bacteria, um, I applied jock itch cream today for the first time in my life. Uh, where are you and what are you doing that you're having to, to throw jock itch on at the... Uh... I'm a trucker now, bro. So you're just like down. sweating in your groin from sitting in the like yeah. trucker seat or whatever? Fucking A. Jesus. Yes, sir. Why do you need to be a trucker when you have swarm AI? <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, um, that's the important question. I, hey, well, uh, the other I, thing, MP3, is do you afford... have diabetes or something? I don't think so. If you're getting like yeast and stuff around like your groin stuff you probably should check maybe it's from all the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i've been eating and yeah i've dealt with truckers before they eat the stupidest fucking things all day long it's hard to wipe that out well now dude i got i got a um good co-worker with me now and he cooks while i drive so it's it's a good combo you're eating like i don't know vegetables and things now yeah also there's this powder yes and also there's this meal replacement called uh it's fucking amazing, bro. It has every fucking thing you need. Yeah, it's great. Sorry, I, I was kind of half listening, and then I heard Sefi say, if you have this yeast thing, maybe you have diabetes. What is the yeast thing? Like, just candida, you know, it's like... Yeah, candida. Candida overgrowth. Yeah. And, where where and do that, you have a yeast infection? You do have, just MP3, just an observation, because I've dealt with diabetic people in the past. You do have... Like diabetes voice a little bit for sure. <laughs> but candida overgrowth, I definitely had before in the past uh, from drinking too much beer during COVID. So there's that. That's weird though. Like yeah. your immune system is pretty marginal if you're getting spontaneous yeast stuff. Doesn't happen to most. Skin. It doesn't uh, happen to most people. Like even most sick people who are on antibiotics. It's maybe, not- maybe it's from the fucking peanut butter and jellies, dude. Peanut butter and jelly. No, I would yeah. probably just get tests to make sure there's no evidence of diabetes for you. Like, just seriously. Jesus Christ. You stop. Like, as if, as if you had nothing else to worry about. I just got I just got out of the gym. I feel fucking great, dude. I don't know. No, man. A lot of people walk know. around with diabetes. It's fine. You sound like you have diabetes. And I don't mean your the content of your words and your description of candida. I mean your voice. You sound like you have diabetes voice. I'm pretty beat, bro. I, I've only been getting six hours of sleep for the past two weeks. Do your, do your parents have diabetes? Either one no. of them? No. Grandparents? No. Nope. Dude, I, I was very blessed 
My DNA is fucking awesome. No, no mental illnesses. Nothing. Famous last fucking words. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's DNA is that fucking awesome. I can promise you that now. Uh, but anyway, I'm not like the point anything. Is... I, I, I don't, dude. I'm fucking as as. I mean, I meet a lot of people, especially fair skinned people. I've noticed have a lot of allergies and stuff. And I listen to a podcast about allergies and where they come from in first world countries, especially. It's interesting, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty blessed, bro. Anyway, but yeah, but it's, yeah. it's a little weird to have candidates. Like, there's got to be something wrong with your immune system to have that spontaneously happen. Yeah, yeah. I so think, yeah. it was a lot, it was very stressful starting out my trekking career, but it's getting a lot easier. Just starting start. You have age. Yeah, I agree. Well, oh, and by the way, infections are linked to diabetes voice, which I would say that you have MP3 as well. Um, and that's not like an attack. I just mean like as a statement. I, I think you have mm-hmm. diabetes voice. You're better. You're better portraying as a coach than a Cephi. You should. You should also. I mean, in all seriousness, you should get like a blood count on you to make sure that your counts are normal. Like you know, shit, check HIV too. Like yeah, HIV like, and AIDS, man. Like if you're yeah, like these are not them. like it's not normal to have like these anything. Yeah, not to be like a big downer here or whatever, but like Dude, don't don't ignore that. that. Like, let's look that up. How many people have jock itch or have had jock itch? That's an interesting statistic. Mm, I don't know. It's not a spontaneous common thing. Uh, like, yeah, if there's a lot of moisture, like athletes and stuff, and they have, yeah. like, they're using, like, I don't know, fucking, what do you call those little jock cups or whatever the fuck, like, you know, for playing. Yeah. I can understand if, like, there's a lot of that going on, but, like, Well, when I play baseball and, and football, I never got jock itch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had athletes foot before, but that went away, and that, that actually happened during when my Candida Candida athlete's foot happens. is different that's just a different thing it's like you'll get that from like locker rooms this and that um oh, like dude 20 percent of people in the world have experienced jock itch at some time in their life mp3 what's your diet like out of interest maybe like if i if i eat like you i'll get loads of yeast infections wow. <laughs> peanut butter and jellies for a week just do that mm-hmm. And Maybe then, like, the peanut butter and jelly is giving yeast infections. Peanut butter and jelly, high sugar content food. The bread yeah. is pretty high sugar content. Actually, it's really good diabetes bread, voice. It's really good bread. Mm, I, I'm just hearing diabetes. That, that peanut is, butter plus uh, starch honestly, is probably the issue. Like, what is it? What is it in peanut butter? Something that yeah. causes it. It's a shitty kind of peanut butter, too. It's not like organic, you know. Where where there's oil sitting on top of it, and you have to mix it up before you fucking spread it. It's the skippy. The key like, thing with like uh, yeast things is like lymph is basically lymphocyte function, which is a specific type of immune cell. Um, like if people are on steroids for like extended periods of time for certain diseases, that might be something that would do that, or you know, like immune system suppressed with diabetes. Or like your lymphocyte count's not normal because someone has like let's say AIDS, like we were mentioning. But like it's not typical for people to get it more than once or frequently or something like that. So like I would definitely get checked. Mm. Don't ignore it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so, anyway, I think you thought the the diabetes voice thing was a, a joke or something, but it's something I noticed happened to my mom too. It's like a, I don't know what it is. Like in the neck or something, there are lymph nodes, and there's a certain suppression of the I guess esophagus or the larynx or something. It's like it's it's it sounds like it's kind of pressing down like a muffledness that is what diabetes voice is there's a distinctive change in the voice characteristics and you sound like that so i'd be careful well, i did i did go to an orgy maybe three weeks ago okay 
that could happen from that. Why, yeah. should, why do you feel comfortable enough to share that with us, MP3? Why do you know that? that? I've had enough ego deaths to not give a fuck. Yeah, this makes the you case that HIV... I thought you were past the orgies and stuff quite some time ago. <laughs> no, I'm very straight. No, he's oh, not okay, gay. it was just you in a room of women. Right? What? <laughs> what are you saying? Well, you and 50 attractive women had an orgy two weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Wait, but I thought I you left your, like, I thought you left the porn star, like, life behind, man. What happened? Yeah. It's funny how you described leaving behind hedonism as an ideal. And I was thinking in my head, don't people, like, mostly get past that by age 22? And then you and then you casually mentioned conversation like it's meant to be a flex or a brag that you engaged no. in disgusting acts. You, 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 you took it as such. I'm just stating facts. Fat rolls <laughs> flabbing around the room. Imagine the smell, everyone. Imagine the smell. Peanut Sarah's butter jelly. Like, Sarah's like visibly, like, <laughs> viscerally, and uh, like this is a visceral betrayal for Zara. She feels like negativity from this. It's like she just can't imagine this to be true. It's like, it's like she, she it, you're making her shudder. She's like throwing up back there and everything. Listen to that, Jesus Christ! I'm just trying um, to think of all the all the ways I could have got Jockett. You know, just trying to figure it out. Do you ever think Novak Djokovic, the player, gets annoyed <laughs> with his last name? Because it's very similar. That's a good one. Zara, what shall I buy from Aldi? Oh, that's what the one it is. Um, I would say you should get something with gelatinin because you eat too much red meat. Uh, I think you should have... Oh, they don't really have niche there, though. Get some white fish and fry it in butter I and make a sauce. What? I hate fish. All right. Um, yeah, I hate people who hate protein seafood. They're always so immature, except one of my best friends, but the rest of them. Do they have any lamb steaks in Naldi? I hate lamb. Okay. Um, maybe you could get some haripo and eat them all. All right. I think I will get some. <laughs> what, what is something delectable I could get? I usually get dark chocolate, like 85% chocolate. What's something? Yeah. I want to eat something sweet. You want to have a tasty treat. You should get some raspberries and some Greek yogurt and then some also some chocolate and then you should mix it all together. In my opinion. It's more satisfying than I just made brownies and I and I just tipped like pure cream on top of them and ate them. It was really fucking good. Ten out of You're 10. fucking sick. <laughs> Bruce, there's quite a few items that you don't like to eat, which is interesting. Uh no, there's only one really, and that is seafood. The rest I can eat. Really? And you, you, you don't mind like different types of random bitter vegetables and things like that? or mm. Don't make him tell the broccoli story again. I would say that from experience, I have strong preferences to things I feel really good on. And it's usually something in the line, on the lines of like steak and potatoes. That's my optimal meal for feeling good and like having high energy and sustainable energy and no crashes or anything. Just, just from raw like mass experimentation ribeye steak and roast potatoes and uh some carrots that's like optimal sometimes some beans as well that's pretty good that's random well if you made really nice mashed potato and then you put cheese in it also like a boss and then you ate it with some steak because i think you're just going to end up eating steak anyway aren't you 
No, I'm open to changing. I get sick of it. Like, like sometimes I eat steaks. My dad has cattle, and then he like just gives me like fucking like twenty kilograms of steak, and then I just can't eat it for six months after. Like, how can you eat it every day? Because your dad pumps these cows full of weird fucking shit. No, so they're like organic. More. They're organic. They're they're grass fed the whole way. They're good. They're the you best fucking, like cows you could ever eat. And all kinds of bullshit. Oh yeah, if we if we inject it with this stuff, we're gonna swell them up to twice the volume and make a big profit. Dude, they, they only fun. eat they only eat like Australian like um grass. Like they don't even eat imported grass. They, and I'm not surprised as well. I'm not surprised at all that your family is involved in slaughter. Yeah, there's a study it kind of fucks, recently. like when you see a piece of paper and it's like kill day, like the twelfth of December, like x amount of money it's like kind of fucked up but like funny there's a study recently about steak and how it's it, it it's like a drug when we yeah and aphrodisiac food that is but you eat it before you go to your disgusting stinky orgies <laughs> anyway i was Jeez, thinking Zara, you're really after we, me on that one aren't you, you should make some garlic butter um they just buy some garlic put it in your butter and then just make like a thin steak and then make really nice mashed potato and also have a couple of soft boiled eggs, six and a half minutes on the side. That's my suggestion. Bruce, see, uh, Zara in, in the game that I'm like describing, she would be on the purity. Uh, she would be in the purity clan, right? She'd be in the group or no. the chain that represents uh, purity of sexual purity in particular no it's actually a fairly strong like right side like right wing trait that was random <laughs> it, it has something to do with that was something we were talking earlier <laughs> that's the Just, thing about about sefi whenever whenever we're talking about things or life or something sefi is like mapping us and putting it inside his game he's got some kind of weird isomorphic mental map i think zara would be the leader of that particular thing like i don't know i'm just like so you're prospecting us are you yeah, maybe. At least maybe I know. Remind of people. Every, every it, it just it just it just came to me now, man. It's like it just it just arose from whatever I was thinking of earlier today. I'm glad that I fit in that part of your mental map. It's beautiful, Sefi. <laughs> and um, I mean, I just want to clarify. I'm not a prude in terms of normal monogamous relationships. I just think orgies um are disgusting. I think they're nasty. I think they smell bad. I don't. I don't find them. I don't find them disgusting. Like I honestly don't have any like aversion to any types of sex act. Like when people go on about like how X Y Z is disgusting, like I don't. I don't feel it viscerally, but just morally, I think it's all wrong. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just think your IQ is too high to like have a disgust response. That's like a retard thing. Um, ironically, like any retards got disgusted. Yeah. Um. I was, I read something on it. I'll send it to you. You're not a retard, um, though. But I don't like. I think I don't I'm, I'm still anything unless I like, go to someone's house and smell. Sorry, let me clarify. Zara is a relative retard. She only hangs around like 120. I think Zara said last time, 125 or something. So she is a relative retard compared to the more intelligent people here. So let's not move on before understanding that she is a retard compared to UK. I am mentally retarded. It's true, and um, much lower than that as well. But thank you for the um, for not exposing me at least. But I still think you would be the queen of the purity chain, and I don't mean purity as in like some chastity thing. I'm talking about just like 
I don't know. You, you embodied this idea that I was thinking of. Zara, do you know how grooming works? It works like this. <laughs> she's going go to form the purity cult. She'll be the leader of this uh, group. No. Well, you, is it? Let's be honest. You're grooming her. You're flattering her. And you're giving her this sense of power. But it's all within your little game. And all to... to flow into your deflationary tokenomics to make you rich because you are the biggest supply holder. Whereas but Zara that will work, right? Born. And note his flattery is contingent on her continuing to behave in an acceptable way for his cult, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like she's creating an expectation. Honestly, I'm fine with that though. As long as I get an illusion of power, I'm happy. Um, also, I'm pretty sure, Sefi, I think you were describing what you're talking about when I was either half asleep or just asleep because i had some sort of dream about you having like making some sort of game or something and i don't think i was awake but it's definitely in my head um so i might have was it a couple nights ago or last night imagine like the game of have you played like risk or like something like that hold on yeah be careful here zara this is gonna go to a two-hour conversation yeah i don't want to i don't get too deep into this but like (laughs) like if you played like the game of risk imagine each of those countries instead of being like a little colored like you know thing on the game board instead like it represented the major i don't know human values so for example if you were the like the value of purity for example and uh kate here was the value of justice then like you may have situations where purity like overcomes justice and vice versa and uh like the game is played in a sense where like i don't know the different traits and things like when they conflict, that's where like you either have to align. So it's, okay, purity and justice are going to align and take out I don't know the authority people or like something like that, right? And so all the human values have their own little thing, and you'll have like entire games uh, like based on that. And it's like you, it's like a big crypt, crypto idea I have anyway. So whatever. But Zara, you you fit the proper like modality. Like your behavior is the correct thing. Like your intrinsic nature fits the purity chain. In my opinion, but anyway. Bottom. Yeah, I think um I was thinking when I was at work actually, and I thought about how um I spurg out so much in these spaces that you'll probably think it's my default um space. I mean that I'm <laughs> my default mode of just getting really angry at people and shouting at them. Um and well, it's, not, like, it's not whether you get angry, it's what you get angry about specifically that interests <laughs> me. You are right. like like when you're not his are we say that is one angry hussy. <laughs> or, or, or Zara, we would say, look at this motherfucker. Zara would have gone lit, lit into this particular individual, right? Right? Like, you know, because we know who you would basically attack had you had the opportunity. <laughs> so even decide? when you're not here, we imagine you are here and you're attacking random people. My helper is there. Can you yeah. um, describe what the person that I would attack the most is without physically giving a description of MP3? Um, well, you clearly would like your, you would bear your claws for MP3. Uh, I think Kareem here, you'd be pretty amicable with, um, I think, uh, like you and Kate would probably align on the angle of like maybe justice or something. Um, I don't know. Let me think. Uh, I think probably, um, you would probably, you would probably align pretty well with like, I don't know, uh, like from a just pure like a sec uh, like a purity angle, I think you probably are right. Like a line. I think with Zara and I have shockingly similar values, to be honest, in general. 
I think I think Zerozar would be like irritated to fuck with Moonrise, but would align philosophically with his general mindset. <laughs> and uh you so a retard. <laughs> <laughs> you call me a retard, Sammy. <laughs> um that's one way of calling you a retard, yeah. Well first yeah, I, No, what first do you mean? What I do you mean? She's I, like so high openness and he's like literally like the most like closed minded, like retard person. No, no, I'm talking about that like, doesn't even on make the sense. Subjective like purity, no, I think. Even on the purity axis. Even on the so purity think, axis, I think, think Zara's pretty open minded. She's pretty open minded. Like she'll consider new information. Moonrise or whatever his face won't. I think what Zara hates is just weak men and she seeks to kill them at any cost. And that's all there is to it, really. It doesn't matter what the form is or the content is. Yeah, by the way, I said purity. That doesn't mean she can't be a vindictive murderer while being very pure about one particular domain, right? No, I appreciate all of your input. You're all right in different ways. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, Bruce is kind of true, but it's, it's like a selective thing because I'm taking care of the future generations by... Um, it's, yes. sort of like a, it's like a social eugenics sort of thing. And Zara, this is why you'd also, you would also align with the compassion group. So in the name of purity and compassion, you would be perfectly willing to just uh, remove someone from the planet. No, it's like this. Like this. Let me explain. Um, Zara is identified with the, the Earth Mother, with Gaia. And Gaia loves to serve and help all beings. She's the compassionate, loving heart, um, but only if she wants to. If she ever feels obligated or that somebody needs or begs for her help that doesn't really need it, she will kill them. She will push them right into a snake pit and have them destroyed by, say, a thousand rats or a thousand snakes. But remember, this is in the name of compassion because it's better for everybody else, right? You, you cannot be compassionate to, say, Kate, oh. if you leave those people living. No, right? no, 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 no. From, from, from her own perspective, uh, that's not Zara's experience. Zara's experience is when there is weakness or begging or, or wanting that doesn't really have need involved in it. She is simply disgusted and she must kill this vermin. So she pushes him forcefully into the pit of snakes, the pit of rats who consume his flesh all in a flash. And then she is satisfied. Then the vermin is gone. Because if anyone tries to obligate her or force her into helping him, he is, by definition, the scum of the earth. He is inhuman, and he deserves to be dissolved by the rats and the snakes. Yeah, that's, that was pretty spot on. Um, Kareem, you've had your hand up also. Are you okay? I just, I think, Zara, we, we get along, like Sefi said. My hand was a little tired being raised for so long, but <laughs> I just wanted to confirm that really earlier point. Um, but... Um, coach was uh on a on a hot streak so <clears throat> i'll kind of let him take the um the mic again but i think bruce you're, you're sort of getting the idea of the game a little bit right like there are certain alignments you'll have and um you know because like the way these things this thing is designed is based on like a lot of sociologic, you know, kinds of information you you almost certainly will resonate with some of these principles and, you know, it's the common human principles. And once you have done so, it's like, it's not highly probable that you're going to sort of veer from that too much. You're going to want to feel like, find other people that resonate with some of these same things. And like, while like Zara might say, for example, align with the compassion people and maybe the purity people, she may be not interested in like the authoritarian people 
and maybe the symbolic people or something like that. And so therefore, like her desire to sort of acquire more of these sort of like points or whatever in those particular areas, make her more powerful in certain domains and weaker in others. So then like that opens her up to like, you know, I don't know, like you, you don't have the maybe certain defenses against certain things. Cause like each of these things has certain like balances and whatever, that's the idea behind it anyway. And like make it really fun. And like it, it creates reasons to have like tribes. Some things are better than others and some things are objectively true. And like you can't just explain people's worldviews purely through like their personality traits. Sometimes people actually just empirically figure out that like X is better than Y. And a lot of people do that. And then you can just decide that better. Steffi, was there um like online risk? I feel like it wouldn't be as fun as over the board. Yeah, I'm sure there is. What's your strategy? Like, what's what continent do you go for first? Oh, man, I haven't played that game in forever. I was just using that as an example because someone earlier today asked me, is it sort of like Risk? And I'm like, not exactly. I've never the difference, played. the main difference would also be that, like, imagine you're playing chess or Risk or some board game. The difference between this and most other things is that the board is actually itself moving and morphing over time. So it's not it's not as predictable as that. We we should we should run online risk. I think it would be hella fun. Someone give me a prompt for this AI chat thing. Like you can generate poems, you can generate speeches, you can generate which side is fucking that? anything. It can code. Uh I'm using what is it? Chat GPT. JFK's last um, words. Do you have to pay for that? It's free. Free as anything else in this world. Um, Uh, Wait, but hold on. Nothing's free. URL. This is free. I'm going to ask, what is Zara? What is Zara's favorite? animal it's going to tell me okay it's generating he says i'm sorry but i do not have any information about zara or their favorite animal as a large language model oh what it's palming at me off but it could be a giraffe oh i like giraffes yeah yeah see see that amazing ai can do anything what curve is the best? What type of curry? I really need to have a quick shower, so I'll be back in a minute. Don't want to get any <laughs> MP3 left. I can't believe him anymore. Thank you. <laughs> About time. Xerox <laughs> um, Sears, uh, ask just going the, the AI who embodies uh, Compassion and purity. Let's see who who it like. Who embodies compassion and purity? Purity. Got it. Wow. Okay. Compassion and purity are abstract concepts that can be embodied by many different people in different ways. 
it's not possible for me to identify a specific individual who embodies these qualities in a way that you are asking. Additionally, it is not within my capabilities as a language model to make judgments about the qualities or characteristics of real-world individuals. However, I know for a fact that Sefi has neither compassion nor purity. That's a fascinating response. It singled me out. Jesus Christ. Um, all right. Well, at least we know who in the world doesn't have these things. That's good news. But it, 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 it's interesting that it didn't actually decide to answer. It decided that it didn't have enough information from the entirety of the fucking internet. Like yeah. It couldn't figure out well, <laughs> like one person to choose from. It's or like not maybe... um, connected to Google. So it can't use current events, and it That's can't GPT-3, use right? like it use... Uh, the news. I haven't seen anything impressive yeah. from it, honestly, on my timeline. It's just be- It's like slightly better than other things. Like it's better phrased, but it still uses the same shit over and over. You're talking about GPT three or what? Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I keep saying. Can you still hear me? Okay, I'm putting the new Bluetooth thing. Yeah, you're okay. There's like kind of like windiness or something going on there. It sounds like uh, you're being raped in a hedge. I am. And I love it. Where are you? In Tesco or something? I don't want to explain stuff. Mm. Anyway, but yeah, so you're, you're sort of getting the, the, the idea of like, you know, what I was trying to describe. So the beauty of like uh, using just sociology as the basis for the game is that like it's it could be just intellectually interesting for people that are into that kind of thing but also like there's a, a clear human audience for every sort of like little clan or whatever and it's not like um like one set of values specifically like officially better than the other there's like just situational like scenarios where one might be more useful than the other and um it creates a lot of interesting possibilities for creating games on top of it because we know for sure like humans behave with these things so we know humans that enjoy games that involve these kind of values because they play it on the internet all day long right like people go on to like uh i don't know news websites and other bullshit and they go and comment about political shit all day long and they like people like to virtue signal at some level uh like all over the internet right so it's a hugely popular blood sport but they don't want to try to win like they already decided they won like yeah. It can't be transposed into an actual game because the reason why people make those claims is because they think that they're literally like uh, fundamentally on a different or better plane than the people they're disagreeing with. Wow. Sefi's left. Coach is in Audi. Zara is in the shower. M3 is festering, covered in bacteria and yeast. And Kate is angry. <laughs> he is. You're going to manage to keep this going by yourself because you need help. It's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym, but if you guys are still on the space after, I'll, I'll hop back on. What should I get from the shop? Oh, dear. Buy something yummy. Use your good gym. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether.
That was part two of the two-part space hosted by the good coach Bruce Wrangler, The Merge Club, recorded on Thursday, December 1st, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, star screen jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine. On deck, we was walking all erect with a dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble babillion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble babillion. Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty Then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal at the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds do. Gotta find cover. Wipe off the bird poop. Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth. Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men, listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Ten spaces. <laughs>